0: Since you're my special friend, come closer for a special treat. I'm going to let you touch me in a special
1: place. It is never okay to touch someone else's private parts. Your mom and dad will tell you so.
2: Last summer, WBEZ broke the story of widespread sexual misconduct allegations from more than 50 girls and young women who worked at beaches in North Suburban Evanston. And since then, a law firm has been conducting an investigation for the suburb. And now one young beach worker who confronted Evanston officials is talking publicly about this for the first time and spoke with WBEZ's Dan Mahalopoulos. And we have a warning. This story does contain graphic descriptions of sexual abuse.
3: Anna Frederick is 21 now and a college senior, so it's been nearly five years since she got her first summer job working for the city of Evanston at the lakefront.
4: The beaches have always been pretty much my favorite thing about living here because I would always go in and see the gate attendants and be like, they get paid to sit on the beach and hang out. That sounds awesome.
3: She got the job and did well enough to get promoted to the Dempster Street Beach Office. But there was one big drawback to the dream summer job.
4: I definitely noticed this sexist attitude among a lot of the male lifeguards, beach managers, supervisors.
3: There was a much older manager who repeatedly offered to take Frederick on a ride on a parks department boat down to Chicago. She rebuffed him, and she says she also eventually fended off the constant flirting of another manager in his 20s.
4: It sucks that I, just to think about how I tried to ignore it and just hoped it would go away because at the time I didn't see another option, really.
3: So Frederick says she was hopeful the manager would be dismissed when a Parks official contacted her in the fall of 2019 and asked for her input into an investigation of that manager. WBEZ has obtained city records from the investigation. The city official interviewed six staff members. Two young female lifeguards said the manager made them feel uncomfortable at work. Records show the manager also admitted to hanging out outside work with another girl who worked at the beaches. But that girl and the manager denied, quote, hooking up. So city officials gave the manager just a warning, and he returned to work at the lakefront again in the summer of 2020. Frederick and other female employees say the girl was underage and they were infuriated by the city's handling of the issue.
4: That was the tipping point of like, all right, this is enough. Like, this is ridiculous and it can't keep happening. And so we were just like, all right, we have to do something because we're all aware that these things are happening and nothing's being done.
3: That's when Frederick and three others circulated the petition alleging widespread harassment and sexual violence by managers at the beaches. 56 female current and former employees signed it, and some anonymously detailed their own experiences.
4: The response that we got was so, so overwhelming. We would just kind of refresh it, the document, every now and then, and there would be more and more stories some things that we had heard about some things we had absolutely no idea the things that were being described were some of them were worse than anything we had even imagined
3: one of the worst of those personal testimonies came from a lifeguard who alleged a manager in his 20s had sex with her when she was 17 and she was quote highly intoxicated and unable to consent now 20 the woman declined to go on air but she provided WBZ with text messages from that manager to back up her story. After quitting her job with the city, she confronted him in that exchange of text messages in June 2020. The manager wrote back he did not realize she felt she was violated, and he said, quote, I guess I thought the age gap didn't matter since you were about to start college. But he acknowledged, you were too young for me. And soon after the petition was turned in to city officials, He texted her again to say he was sorry for everything and wish he could take it back. The petition stayed out of public view for a year until WBZ broke the story last July. And there was a strong and immediate outcry in Evanston.
2: I'm baffled at how such outrageous behavior could have been allowed to go on unchecked for so long.
3: Within days, city leaders hired a law firm to conduct what they promised would be an independent and thorough investigation. Several high-level officials Including the city manager and the head of human resources have left in recent months, and after officials first defended their handling of the petition, to occur, and we're sorry that you had to experience oppressive, uncomfortable, and dangerous behavior. The mayor and we the city council issued that public apology to in. Anna Frederick, and all the other female employees at the beaches.
4: Which at that point, it was like okay, yeah, too little, too late. Honestly, um, it shouldn't have taken that much. I did not think it was a lot to ask for to protect the teenage girls who are working at this beach.
3: Evanston officials have said they will not comment on the topic again until the investigation is complete. And the lawyers conducting the probe declined to comment on the status of their work. Frederick says she spent three hours talking to the investigators.
4: I never expected it to get this big, but honestly, I'm glad that it has, you know, I'm proud of what we've done and I'm hopeful that, you know, this season will be different at the beach.
3: But she said she does not think she would ever want to work again at Evanston's lakefront. Dan Mihalopoulos, W B Z News. This the
0: city of Chicago.
5: The number of blacks serving in the Chicago Fire Department is only about 15 percent. That's fewer than Latinos and far fewer than the number of whites. One group is trying to boost the black representation. WBEZ's Michael Puente reports.
6: It's a recent evening at Engine Company 21 in the Washington Park neighborhood on Chicago's South Side. That means training is about to begin. This station near Garfield and Wabash is not a working firehouse, but serves as both a museum on the history of black firefighters in Chicago and a training center for the Black Fire Brigade. The brigade is a not-for-profit group that formed four years ago to get more blacks trained to become firefighters, emergency medical technicians, and police officers.
7: When I came on the fire department there were approximately, there was close to a thousand blacks on the Chicago Fire Department. Now I think we're close to 300.
6: Lieutenant Quintian Curtis joined the department in the late 80s. He plans to retire this year. But before he goes on his last call, Curtis, who grew up in the Cabrini Green housing complex, wants his legacy to include getting more firefighters who look like him, trained and hired. So far, more than 400 recruits ages 18 to 30 have completed the training.
7: I'm a Chicago firefighter today for one reason. At 12 years old, i seen my first black fireman. And at that point, I decided that's what I want to be.
6: Of the 4,900 personnel in the Chicago Fire Department, including firefighters and paramedics, 64% are white, 15% are black, and 17% are Latino, according to the department. The longtime scarcity of blacks has led to charges of racism for decades and lawsuits to force the department to change its hiring. For Curtis, or Q as they call him, Having more black first responders isn't just for representation's sake, it's to get more well-paid professionals and their economic power into the community. He wants to see new recruits filling the vacancies left by blacks when they leave the department.
7: So we've lost uh, an attrition over 800 jobs in the black community. That equates to uh, $80 million a year in the black community that we lost in jobs. No. And people always put up one. at the end, you're up blind, right the
6: your face. On most weekday evenings, more than a dozen young recruits, men and women, line up to begin calisthenics inside the 100-plus-year-old red brick building where black firefighters were based more than a century ago. The certified training is three to four months, depending on the specialty. It includes not only physical and fire training in the field, but also studying anatomy and other medical subjects. Ahmad Boylan is four weeks into the program. He admits it's tough.
8: My first couple weeks uh, was definitely challenging um, as far as uh, prioritizing study time and going to work um, a nine-to-five job at the same time. Uh, it was definitely tough, but as you... As time goes on, you get used to it.
7: We never quit. We never give up. We give our all. People depend on us.
6: Another recruit, Robert Hamilton, says he developed a desire as a kid to help people when his mother suffered a seizure due to her diabetic condition. Responding firefighters and EMTs helped his mother that day, and it left a lasting impression inspiring him to become a first responder.
9: Because I'm not saying all jobs are not valuable, but I know firefighters, police officers, and those that are first responders, you're able to see the results of your actions immediately and know that you actually actively are affecting change right then and now.
6: Recruits get paid $24,000 for the first year if they complete their training. But that pay can take a big jump if they get hired on the city's fire department within a year's time. For Sarah Webster, even after graduating from college a few years ago with degrees in psychology and criminal justice, she wanted more. She decided to go through the brigade program last year. Webster says having more blacks as firefighters opens the career for others to explore.
1: The Q's biggest thing is you can't be what you can't see. So if we don't know that we can do these things, if we don't see other people doing them, uh, it's kind of out of reach for us.
6: Recruit Brian Blackman says even though responding to a fire or car accident can be dangerous, he says there's no feeling like putting your safety aside in service to others.
0: Selflessness, you know, like putting someone else's life before mine. And at the same time, just I don't know. I've I've always kind of thought I was a superhero, you know what I mean? So I like to just feel like I can help someone in some way. Mm -hmm. And whether it's, you know, a, a drowning victim or you simply can't breathe, we can help you in that situation.
6: Blackman's own father, Eugene Blackman, died in the line of duty as a Chicago firefighter in 1998 at the age of 38. Not all of the recruits will pursue a career in the Chicago Fire Department. Some will get jobs with departments in the suburbs or around the country. The program relies on word of mouth, since the Black Fire Brigade does not advertise, says Director Curtis.
7: I have a tough time getting funding. I have a waiting list of 500 kids. Remember, this is not a job. This is a career. You know, we will always have work. So here, let's just give you a little, a little history. Established December 21st, 1872, Engine Company Number 21 was the first all-black and the first paid fire department in the world.
6: 2022 marks 150 years since the first professional black firefighters began working in Chicago. But for Curtis, that anniversary is a stark reminder of the work that still needs to be done to make the fire department a true reflection of the city's population.
7: This is 150 years um, of blacks in the fire service, and it's, it's like we've made no progress.
6: Michael Puente, WBEZ News.
9: What the hell do you think you're doing right now, man? Waving down the bus. Man, put your hand down, dog. Are you out of your mind? You actually expect me to get on
10: a bus? No, I was hoping we could push your car across town. You know why? Because we just don't do stuff like that no more.
9: You have no idea, do you? You have no idea why they put them great big windows on the sides of buses, do you? Why? One reason only. To humiliate the people of color who are reduced to riding on
11: them. I don't know that.
12: And you know, you can feel the staple Center with what you don't know.
2: Crypto.com Arena
13: just sitting on a bench waiting for a bus here on Lancashire in North Hollywood.
14: We are going to take the 501 Express into Glendale, near the Glendale Galleria.
13: Brandon Raines is running some errands today. He's checked the schedule and the bus is on time. But he's learned in recent months not to trust the schedule.
14: Especially in the last month of January, I had about six of my bus trips out of 14 that I took were canceled. And that doesn't count two that never showed up and I had to abort my plans entirely.
13: Raines has a car, but he believes in public transit, and he likes to avoid traffic whenever he can, don't we all? But lately, that's been less and less convenient. In the fall, L.A. Metro canceled about 10% of its bus trips. And then in January, it was 18%. Yeah, that's nearly one in five buses. The problem is the worst in places like the San Fernando Valley in South Los Angeles, where ridership is the highest. And Metro recently announced that later this month it's going to cut its bus service by 12%. Why? Well, there aren't enough drivers, they say. L.A. Metro is losing people faster than they can hire new ones. And not surprising, given this whole great resignation. But it is a big problem when hundreds of thousands of people rely on those buses to get to work every day. KCRW's Kaylee Wells has this report on Metro's bus problems. And when... And weather, we can expect them to improve.
14: Per federal law, all passengers
15: must wear a face mask to ride Metro. Please do not travel if you are sick.
2: The 501 to Glendale came for us right on time. But when we sat down, Raines told me he doesn't take that for granted anymore. Last month, he tried to take a bus to the dentist before the end of the day.
14: I checked the transit app beforehand. I make a point of that just to, you know, hope for some real-time updates. And
2: Everything said it was running on time. But then the bus never came. It,
14: said it came and gone, obviously it didn't. So I ended up waiting about five more minutes. The bus never showed up and then I just kind of had to abort my plans there um, and go to the dentist a couple weeks later.
2: He says the cancellations have been worse in January than he's ever seen them. All while this month, LA Metro started charging fares again after pausing them because of the pandemic.
14: It is kind of feel like a slap in the face when it's co- coming at the same time as fares are being reinstated. And if you can't even run the buses that are posted on your schedule, it really does erode the trust that you, your riders have in your system very, very quickly.
2: The Omicron surge had a lot of people out sick, and the Great Resignation is hitting public transportation like it is so many other sectors. Also, Rain says Metro's wages aren't competitive enough.
14: I used to work in school transportation for three years, and even when you match it with the pay that school bus drivers get, the school bus drivers are making around anywhere 24 25 an hour these days.
2: New bus operators get a starting wage of $19 per hour. That's a temporary pilot program that's increasing the wage from $17.75. They've added a signing bonus, and the drivers have a union that's renegotiating their benefits now. But minimum wage in Los Angeles is about to bump up to $16 an hour, so $19 doesn't look as high. And one bus operator who's been driving for more than 30 years says the starting pay isn't as good as it used to be.
0: It used to pay very, very well. They were the top pay. I make more than teachers. I make more than principals. I make more than some bank people. And when I came in, we had a lot of military reserves that were working for LAPD or sheriffs. And at that time, I was making more than they were.
2: We're not using his name or his bus line because he says he's not allowed to talk to media. We'll call him by his initial B. I rode his route with him during rush hour and discovered the kind of bus operator he is when a woman hopped on and was fishing for nickels and dimes to pay the fare.
0: Oh. Just, it's, it's okay. 35 cents. Huh? 35 cents. Okay. It is, but you're going to have to catch another bus, so. Thank you very much.
2: He takes a lot of pride in his work.
0: Driving, I love driving.
2: He says the hardest part is dealing with mean people.
0: Hard, but it takes one nice person to start the, the process again.
2: And says his regular passengers feel like old friends.
0: Thank you. Oh. All right, you too, thank you.
2: But it's pretty clear not all of his colleagues like driving as much as he does. L.A. Metro has more than 3,100 bus operators. They need about 450 more, but drivers are quitting faster than they can hire new ones. The agency didn't respond to a request for comment, but they've reported that in December, for example, they hired 11 people and 32 left. B. says he notices the difference when he gets to work.
0: Going into the division, you know, parking lot, for example, before our shift, hard to find parking. And during COVID, it was hardly anybody there. It was like a ghost town. And in the division, we used to have uh, people, you know, we'd say hi to and talk about their day or complaints, the divisions were empty. So there was a big change.
2: And so because of that, B is working overtime pretty much every day. Today, like most days, he woke up way before sunrise and works 10 hours. And when they're short on manpower, he has to work on his day off. So he gets why he's losing colleagues.
0: The thing that has lowered morale is that essential workers were really looked at and uh, people were given raises, nurses, police officers, firefighters, uh, grocery workers, restaurants. Um, They really went out and gave their employees bonuses for coming to work. And MTA received a lot of money from what I understand to help with COVID. So we're all looking forward to a a bonus and we never got it. That's why I said that we're often ignored. We're often mistreated.
2: He has people pick fights with him or spit in his face. So it's no wonder the labor shortage is hitting public transportation too. But it's not just a lack of people that's forcing bus drivers to cancel trips. He says when COVID first hit and Metro decreased service, buses ran on new, tighter schedules with fewer minutes between stops. And that made sense. There was no traffic and fewer people were stopping the bus to get on and off.
0: This line, pre-COVID, used to be about four or five buses out here. And um, since the recent cut, they dropped it down to one bus.
2: But it's 2022. In case you haven't noticed, traffic is back. And B is still expected to stick to that tight schedule. He says he can't do it.
0: Then it's hard to keep up. It's because literally I don't take breaks. I have to drive through it. If we're running behind schedule, then I don't get a break. Oh my gosh.
4: There seems to be a growing gulf between what happens in the
2: boardroom and what's happening at the bus stop. Jessica Meany is executive director at Investing in Place, which is an L.A.-based transportation advocacy group. She says the problem started with a hiring freeze when the pandemic first hit.
4: And no one thought to lift that until January of, of last year, 2021. So when they realized they needed more buses everybody realized they had lost a ton of bus drivers throughout the pandemic and even starting before the pandemic. And it took them an incredibly long time to start ramping up because of the hiring freeze.
2: Meany says the cancellations got especially bad when LA Metro decided to restore bus service to pre-pandemic levels last fall. But they didn't have the manpower to do it. So that meant planned bus trips that never arrived.
4: And what really frustrates me is the funding is there. The riders are there. There's just no one to drive
2: them. Last month, the federal government awarded LA Metro more than a billion dollars to help pay for pandemic expenses. Meanwhile, they're collecting fares again and cutting service. The agency says that will hopefully result in fewer canceled bus trips before they return to full service by June. For KCRW, I'm Kaylee Wells.
0: Be
8: in Santa Rosa? Yes, sir.
16: Hey, um, good evening to everybody who's uh, participating Um, today. Today was a uh, uh, day started off great, but the way how the day ended was um, how do you say it—not uh, too good. Um, I was uh, at work, um, got to my last stop, um, made the delivery. The lady comes out. I say, "Hey, you know, sign for this." She signed. She goes back in. Since it was my last stop of the day, I was like, I'm going to take my break. I looked to my right. Um, it was, like, empty. There was no houses. It was across the streets. Um, it was a place that was that was burnt down from the Santa Rosa fires. They had to rebuild right there. I don't know why. But it's a beautiful view, really, really beautiful. Um see all kinds of trees and lights. It's nice. So I was like, I'm going to pull over here and take my break. I pull over, take my break. I pull out my book start reading, start eating my apple, and a guy comes up. He, he he pulls up. He goes into the house, the last house I just delivered in. So I'm just sitting there reading, and the guy comes out. He walks all the way across the street, and he comes over. He knocks on the truck, and he goes, what are you doing? I looked at him. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> he was like, well, my wife was home alone. And I was like, I had no clue she was home alone. And, and she was worried because you came across the street. And he was like, what's she worried about? And she was like, well, you, you've been sitting over here and, and you're a big guy. I'm like, I can't sit here and read and be a big guy. I, I have to be up to something. And he was like, oh no, 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 you're not up to nothing. It was just, he was worried. And, and, uh, and I was like, like, dude, like, seriously today. <laughs> and, um, I questioned him a little bit, a little more, because I was trying to stay in a question lane. And it just got to the point where he was just, you know, I'll I'll leave you alone. I I thought you were doing something that you shouldn't have been doing or or whatever. And he goes back in the house. So I write it down. I go to work. I make my report. And was the end of that.
8: Does your employer, do they have a policy? On what you're supposed to do in that sort of situation if you're accosted by someone while you're in your vehicle and still on the
16: job? Um, you no, know, they want us to go and call the police, but I ride with a bulletproof vest because I live in San Jose, so not a lot of black people out here. And a few times i deliver to somebody, walk straight up to them with a package in my hand. They look at me like, What are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? I got on this brown outfit. <laughs> what are you looking at? Just my
8: skin? Like, what? Yes. <laughs> <on>? <laughs> yes. Yes. You, you could <laughs> be a Negro. Migra- and, 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 and. Big black male. You look like you got raping tendencies. My wife is home alone. Yeah. You frightened her. I don't know yeah. if you.
16: I mean, I'm big, but, you know, I'm not like. I'm six, two and a half, and two ten. Rapist. <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah. He wasn't yeah, I mean, laughing. He, it, well, they, <laughs> they were serious. Rapist. <laughs> that's what he said. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what he oh, meant. Yeah. Like, uh <laughs> you're a big guy. My wife was intimidated. Rapist. What are you doing here, rapist? I am out of here. Like, I have no idea if you have a <laughs> firearm. Like, if you're coming and you see huge Negro male. My wife thinks you're a rapist. Mm. Like, you could be coming to kill me. They had, it was a black guy. He was out with the, pa- and I think he was in an Amazon truck, too. He wasn't, you know, personal vehicle, none of that, uniform on, all that, professional. Packet. What is this, Nick, we doing here, Nick? Man, I will get my, gun and she was rolling. They had the camera on and everything. I said the same thing then, like, oh, my Lord, it's time to go. Like, I don't have any questions. I don't have anything to say. I'm not recording. I'm gone. Like, Talking like that, I told I could be dead in the next five seconds. Uh, let's see. Much obliged for your patience. Color in Florida. Yeah, commentary. Is- oh wait a minute. Do you remember the, what I'm talking about? Uh, the white woman. She was in North Florida. She had on the Florida Gators T-shirt, and she went out and terrorized a black male delivery driver. It was about a year. It was within the past 12 months or so. Do you remember what I'm talking about?
9: Yes, yeah, yes sir. the the orange and blue Florida Gators, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And if you think I'm, I
2: might have a Tell me he's not
1: moving off my driveway.
15: A racist rant all over a truck parked on the road. Will Osley and Melvin Finley own a moving company. On Saturday, they were in Lee County unloading a truck. That's when this woman, Gina Brashear, got mad that the truck was blocking the road.
17: Me and him are on the back of the truck. We're still working. We're still unlo- uh, you know, unloading the, the, the sheets of metal onto the pallet. We start hearing this commotion on the other side of the truck just getting louder and louder and more intense.
15: That's the moment when the customer, who didn't want to speak to me out of fear, starts capturing this video. In 30 seconds, Brashear unloading a racist rant.
2: And if you think I'm going to have a f- tell me he's not moving off my driveway, oh, I no can fuck. use the word f-
1: oh god mother. F-
15: that wasn't it.
1: <laughs> Good. The cops are coming. Tell my I called y'all. F- what the f- ever? I, don't care, I didn't call y'all. F- I called you that cannot f- f- say that. Right now when for
15: the trailer.
2: Tomorrow, I can't say. F- Please bring it to me in writing.
15: she I screamed the n-word right six times in just now? half a minute
17: you know I've been you know insulted
12: before it's nothing new to me but this time around it's a little I don't know it just feels a little
15: different it feels bigger than me I went to Brashear's home she didn't want to come out to talk on camera but she spoke with me on the phone
1: I, and over it the course of the video say it a hundred times and 30 seconds. There's nothing illegal about saying it.
15: Do you feel that it's okay to use that derogatory word?
1: Absolutely. Do I have reasons to be racist? Absolutely I do. I asked her about
15: people calling her racist online.
1: One thing you need to get, get straight from coming from me. I don't care who's upset. I don't care that I'm called a racist.
15: To Melvin and Will, this is bigger than just affecting them, and they hope it's the catalyst of change.
17: It's 2021, man. I don't, I don't know. We have a very long way to go. We have not come as far as we claim. We have a we have a long way to go.
8: I'm not doing any confrontations with random white people at this point. Like, and he's on his home turf. He just walked, you said he just walked out of his house, presumably. Man. Yeah. Oh my God. Who, he could have every Sig Sauer and Walter P.K. And who knows? Like, he thinks <laughs> you're a rapist. That's what I'm thinking. He th- and this is his neighborhood. I don't know if he's called Fred and susan and tom and everybody on the neighborhood watch association helen nigger in the front you see him i'm gonna go out and confront anything happens in fact give me 30 seconds and then pow they train for this sort of thing
12: they shot several times that man trying to kill mr gibson and he had done nothing wrong he was simply black while working
5: In Mississippi, a white father and son have both been arrested, charged, and let out on bail after allegedly shooting at an African-American FedEx driver. Brandon Case is charged with attempting to cause bodily injury with a firearm, and his father, Gregory Case, is charged with conspiring with Brandon to commit aggravated assault. DeMontario Gibson says he was trying to find an address while delivering packages for his job at FedEx when he says he was chased and shot at by the case's the bullets hitting his work van. DeMontario Gibson is joining us now to tell us what happened. He is here with his attorney, Carlos Moore, as well. DeMontario, thank you so much. This sounds, uh, I mean, this sounds terrifying. Can you tell us what happened?
10: Okay, so basically on the evening of January 24th, I was attempting to, to deliver a package to force every Trail, And uh, I accidentally put the wrong address in, so I couldn't find a house. I eventually found the right address and proceeded to deliver the package to it. Upon doing it, I was approached by a white vehicle, and that vehicle chased me, tried to cut me off, and I miraculously got out of there. I went down the street about two or three houses after I got away from the initial vehicle, and there was a guy standing in the middle of the road holding a gun in my vehicle telling me to stop, which I did not do. Um, they, they essentially just chased me out the city and I had to file a police report after that. They shots were fired into my van as well. Yes, ma'am. That's a quick summary of it. Uh, uh,
5: very quick and helpful. And so you were wearing your FedEx uniform when they saw you outside of was, your van. Is that right?
10: Yes, ma'am. I was fully dressed in FedEx uniform.
5: And, and what do you think the cases were trying to do? Were they trying to kill you?
10: Honestly, in my humble opinion, I think they were because after they fired the initial shots, they continued to chase me out of the city again. I say so. If you didn't succeed the first time, then I could just only imagine what they was going to do if they had to call me. Did
5: did you did they say anything? Do you you know what do you think their motivation was here?
10: I honestly have no idea. We had no type of interaction before they did what they did. No words were exchanged or anything like that.
5: Okay, and and Carlos, can you tell us a little bit about Demontario's interaction then with with police once he got them involved here
12: yes he immediately called the police that evening after he got to the interstate uh and informed his boss uh, the police did not take it seriously so his boss went down with him the next morning to this to the station uh to um, To make an official report, she showed them the bullet casings, the actual vehicle with the bullets in it, and the packages with the bullets, and then they started to believe him. However, they still allowed the cases eight days of freedom before they uh, turned themselves in uh, to the Brookhaven Police Department, spending less than a day in jail on a $75,000 and $150,000 bond. And so that's why the family has contacted me, because they wanted this to be taken seriously and for there to be real charges uh, for the cases.
5: DeMontario, when this was happening, and it's really just happened here recently, as you looked back on this after a little bit of time had passed, did you see similarities to the Ahmad Arbery case?
10: Yes, ma'am. I can definitely see the similarities. And uh, that's why I feel it's my responsibility to speak up because Ahmad Arbery didn't survive to speak up for himself. So I want to take that upon myself to do that for me and him as well.
5: So they're out on bail and, and they were given time to turn themselves in. How do you feel about that?
10: Honestly, I kind of figured that was going to happen in the first place when I initially reported it because, the, like I said, the officers were not taking me serious at all. Even when I went to the police station, they weren't taking me serious. So I kind of figured that was going to happen.
5: If this was a black father and son and you were a white FedEx driver, do you think this would be different?
10: Yes, man. without questioning. I would, I would have been arrested probably that same night and not given bail at all.
5: How has FedEx responded? Have they been a- accommodating to you?
10: Not really. I am currently on unpaid leave. They gave me up to two weeks off, but it's unpaid. They have paid for therapy. They haven't like really supported me in making the case progress forward, or, or I guess that's how I can say it. They haven't, they haven't contacted me at all, except for like, once since this whole incident went down. They said they was investigating. I haven't heard anything since, though.
5: You're on unpaid leave?
10: Yes, ma'am, currently.
5: Okay, and and if you go back to work, I mean, where would you be working?
10: They told me they was going to try to work that out. I honestly don't know.
5: All right, I have actually just lost signal, but I know that you uh, answered my question, so I'm going to ask you another one because I believe that our viewers are able to hear you. Um, I know, Carlos, that you have suggested, you've requested that the FBI be looking into this incident as a possible hate crime can you tell us about that? And can you tell us what you have heard from the FBI?
12: Yes, I did ask the FBI uh, to officially open a hate crime investigation two evenings ago. I understand that on yesterday, they did go down to the Brookhaven Police Department and pick up the file. And so while they would not confirm or deny and that they are investigating, uh, we do believe that uh, they have taken this case seriously. We've also informed the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, and they have flagged the case, and they are considering opening an investigation as well. So Mr. Gibson is pleased that the federal government is taking this case much more seriously than the Brookhaven Police Department.
5: Okay, I can hear you again now, just so you are aware. But, Dean I just want to go back to the situation that you're in right now. So you, you were shot at in the course of your work for FedEx... You are now on unpaid leave. I'm assuming you, you needed leave. Tell me a little bit about why you decided you needed leave. I think we all know, but just explain why you why you're taking some time off.
10: Yes, ma'am. So initially, like as soon as we left the police station, I was put right back on that same route. Like the following day, um, I tried to I tried to go through my work. It just it it became kind of overwhelming, and like my anxiety started acting up. I almost had like an anxiety attack. And I just felt like I couldn't handle it mentally. So I decided to seek therapy and just take a few days off or as much time as I need off, rather.
5: I mean, look, it sounds incredibly traumatic what you uh, have been through, what you're describing here. And we're going to continue to follow it. Dean Montario Gibson, thank you for being with us this morning. Carlos Moore, thank you as well.
8: Context of white supremacy. Mr. Gibson said he almost... Had an anxiety attack, I felt like I had an anxiety attack, just listening to his testimony about what happened. <sighs> Black mental health that's one of those moments i'm not It's not any of the victim's fault. The people that are most to blame are classified as white, but they have incidents like this every day all over the world i don't see anything about hey stop hating black people i've heard them come out on major outlets and say oh the world hey everybody hates women and yes that's right tell them sister woo, stop asian hate it's not non-white people's fault white people most to blame but i mean you see that every day with mr gibson and all these other folks be specific don't just stop mistreating people of color marginalize no 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 anti-blackness stop mistreating individuals classified as black make it plain context of white supremacy gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date third excuse me friday friday february 18 2022 so i have been told this is our weekly summit neutralizing workplace racism feel free dial in if you have commentary suggestions to share the number to dial 720 716 Seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound, press star six one, if you would like to participate the number again, seven two zero, seven one six seven three hundred, the code five six four nine four three pound, press star six one. If you would like to participate, uh, before I give out the email, the archive for the man in the high castle, uh, something happened where it up, or I guess it didn't go to the feed, it didn't upload from yesterday. Uh, so I saw that this morning, posted it again. The second attempt worked. So if there was a problem at some point, you were looking for it yesterday evening or early this morning, and it wasn't there should be there now go back take another look wherever you download the podcast from should be available folks looking out for the latest installment of the book club Uh, also our white guest for this past monday said she was sick kyla schuler the trouble with white women so we rescheduled i wrote it online some people didn't see you can always follow on twitter at until justice facebook the problem is white people uh for updates and what have you then you'll see if anything happens we get a renege with a guest or anything else. Uh so the email until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail dot com. Feel free to drop an email if you have commentary, suggestions to share. Uh let's see really quick uh some of the audio segments that we heard. So the first report we got dealt specifically With sex abuse uh, amongst the Chicago lifeguards in the Evanston area, that's really close to Northwestern, right where Northwestern is. In fact, Uh, I suspect they don't have loads of black guys working at the lifeguard facility in Evanston. I could be wrong, especially since they didn't even allow negros to go to school there and all that. So I suspect this is probably a lot of white guys who are doing all of this. And some of this is like statutory rape and all the rest of it, sexual misconduct in the worst workplace. Got to talk about that. In addition to racism, if you have children, because I mean, some of these folks are 17. So that's what I mean. Like it is a colossal error to not speak with your offspring about racism and sexual abuse because it is both are so rampant and interconnected. Males and females got to talk about this best way to keep yourself safe, how you want them to respond. Take it seriously. Lots of predators out there. Uh, Let's see. Next, the segment. So they stayed in Chicago. They had the report with the Black uh, Fire Brigade Brigade, uh, in trying to train and get more black firefighters. One, they talked about the attrition in terms of lots of. Jobs for black firefighters have been lost uh, recently, cutbacks and all the rest of that. No surprise. And then in addition, all of the years, decades, over a century of racism, white supremacy and deliberately making sure that black people do not get those type of jobs that tend to pay really well. Great benefits, pension, all the rest of it. Deliberate effort to exclude black people. And I thought it was so important. They spoke with Lieutenant. Uh, Lieutenant Uh Question Curtis or Quintian excuse me, Quentian Curtis, known as Q they said. He said this is one hundred fifty years of blacks in the first service and it's like we've made no progress. We often hear that term progress invoked, especially by white people, white identified victims of racism. We've made so much progress. We got Barack Obama about to have a black female on the bench. Like, oh, my goodness, the progress. Make it plain. And even when you look at the statistics, no, we have not made any progress. And by some metrics, things have gotten worse, just more refined. But. No pussy footing from Q Lieutenant Q. Make sure we give the title 150 years. And I mean, that's how effective racist and the dedication. See, that's why that definition dedication, that's not ignorance. You don't just have that coincidentally for 150 years. All those different generations of white people passed the baton of abusing black people in Chicago and Evanston and at Northwestern too. It's not just that you don't allow black people in the fire department. They can't even go to school at Northwestern. Like, dang, what am I allowed to do? Let's see. Next. They had, Oh, 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 even within that segment, <clears throat> we had it again. Didn't I say that on neutralizing workplace racism? Not that far back. I said, you could put the clip together. I cannot believe it is 1961. It is 1985. You know something, Oprah? It is 2005. He said it right in the clip. It is 2021. If we are <coughs> There's a reason the fire department in Chicago 150 years white supremacy, racism, and particularly mistreating Negras never goes out of style. The bus driver in L.A., I thought that was so important. I've never driven a bus. However, When they were talking about all of the changes, the same thing I've heard before, they furlough all these bus drivers because they don't have a lot of riders at the beginning of the pandemic. Then as ridership and things pick back up, now you got a shortage and you're very slow to go about hiring. So now you got all this shortage and people got to work all this overtime. and It's even more grueling, a job that probably was not that fun to begin with. And the same thing that you heard from the airlines, transportation, right? Uh, People getting on the bus and what, nigger? Who are you talking to? Mask? I'm not wearing it. They said spitting in someone's face. Are you serious? I got to work a 10-hour day, beg people to wear a mask, and then you're going to come and spit in my face? Nigga boy, you don't tell me what to do. Shut up and drive the bus. And the pay is horrible? Hmm. Yeah, we do have some uh, transit workers uh, in the cows audience like, well, I hope it's not like that in all of the cities. But I've heard that type of report about L.A. transit not being the best. Uh, wow. And then I. The thing that I can relate to, even though I have never uh, driven a bus, they said now traffic has picked back up, right? And so before, when there was no traffic, hey, we can go really fast. So we just speed the times up that, hey, we can go really quick. Don't have a whole lot of riders either. Now traffic is picking back up like, uh oh, we are always running late. So now I don't get any brakes. Can't stop. Can't recharge myself. Can't get, you know, my gather myself or anything. Take a breath. Nope. Got to roll. I said, ooh, I can relate to that. That is a very unhealthy work environment When it gets to a point, especially when you're in that sort of environment, like, hey, driving a bus, it's not like you can get to a stoplight and say, ooh, I need to run to the bathroom real quick. Y'all hold it down on the bus real quick. I'm going to just give me 30 seconds. That doesn't work that way. Generally, if you're driving the bus, you kind of need your brake to, as I said, relieve your bladder, maybe get a sip of water refresh your beverage if you drank all of your water during the course of your route I don't know in addition to all the terrorism that I'm sure the non-white drivers uh, face now wowzers so just last week man I have talked for 13 years we talked about the timing of the cows so last week February 11 he in Santa Rosa dials in, talks about his experience of being victimized. White man comes out. Big Negro. Taking up all the space. Scaring my wife. What are you doing here? Rapist? What are you doing here? And he talks, you know, about how he handled the situation. Gave an assessment, you know, right? We talked about, you know, what to do. You know, just kind of looking at some of the dangers of the job. And I said, hey, you know, I don't have a criticism, still don't. Just hey, I'm a scaredy cat, and more importantly, I have seen so many reports of exactly that sort of situation, and the white people just come out and it is straight terrorism. It doesn't matter if you did anything, you could have walked on the sidewalk you didn't knock over their rose bush you didn't scratch their vehicle bump into their child nothing of the sort in fact you have a parcel that is addressed to them none of that matters you are a raping negro who stole a ups truck or a united states postal service mail truck or a fed Ex truck or an Amazon truck or whatever, including the uniform, that's all you are, raping nigra until proven otherwise. And I might not even ask any questions since you're a raping nigra who stole a mail vehicle. I might just get my gun. I was able to go back and find that report which was dated january 2021 like correct saying it was in the last 12 months right at the beginning of last year where miss Brashier comes out in lee county florida look at here nigger and this nigger and this nigger and nigger you gonna move that truck and i don't care who you're telling she's i don't even care think i'm a racist i'm supposed to care it's supposed to hurt my feelings you got niggers out here telling me they're not gonna move in front of my property i got Reasons to be racist, that's what she said. Now, I'm gonna ask questions of her. Really, dialogue at this point, you've made it very clear. At this point, I would not be surprised. Six hour, as I said, chainsaw, baseball bat, anything that's what I would expect. At this point, I wouldn't even be recording. They had the phone out, I wouldn't even be doing that. It would be, it is time to go. You can call the police from another vantage point, but I would expect total violence in the next five seconds. And she probably is not by herself. And she was indeed wearing a Florida Gators shirt in the middle of all that gator bait and all had it right there. So we had this conversation being in Santa Rosa last week. February 11, DeMontario Gibson, his situation happened in January of this year. It was reported on February 10. I didn't see the report of this event until February 13, which was the Sunday after we did workplace racism last week. I saw the report and said, oh, my goodness, look at this. With Mr. Gibson, who is 24, by the way. Another teaspoon of black male privilege. Mr. Gibson, oh, privileged, toxic, patriarchal, raping black male. 24-year-old DeMontario Gibson. They didn't say he had a lengthy exchange. They didn't say that he went and tried to urinate on their property. They didn't say that he walked through the grass. They didn't say that he scratched the vehicle. They didn't say that he was peeping into the property. All he did... I messed up the address, Negras, You know, illiterate. I messed up the address. I figured out the correct address. I went to the correct property to drop off the parcel, and D didn't just say. And and, what did I say when we spoke with B in Santa Rosa? You go to these white people's neighborhood. I don't have a neighborhood. I don't have brothers, sisters, friends, homies, neighbors. I don't have none of that. Members of a race, none of that. If you are classified as white, you have a neighborhood. When I listed the resources that Individuals classified as white will have access to should said raping nigger pop up in their vicinity posing as a delivery driver. Yes, they can run to the garage and get their Sig sour. Yes, they can grab the Walter PPK, the baseball bat, the electric prod, the bow and arrow. The brass knuckles. Oh, yeah, they can grab all that. They can also gather other white people, which can be equally terrifying, if not worse, to have a racist mob. Sometimes even just two of them assembled and I'm here with a cardboard box that's not even for me. And you're ready to go to war against me. Oh, my God. And I said, it doesn't have to be an exchange. It doesn't have to be, hey, I'm going to give this nigger a chance. And if he gives me any lip, he gets sassy. He sashays his zipper in the wrong way. This will be his last day on earth. No, no, no. It's immediately. What are you doing here? Pow, 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 pow. We didn't even give him a chance to answer. Mr. Gibson said they didn't just shoot at my vehicle. They asked him, do you think they were trying to kill me? Well, to kill you? Well, they didn't just shoot at me, right? Okay, the nigger's gone. Even if he was a rapist, the rapist is fleeing. We can call the police. We shot at his vehicle, so hey, it's, it's bullet holes in the vehicle. We can get his uh, license plate, right? Everybody got video cameras and such, so we probably got recordings of the vehicle and all that. We can give a good description. No, 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 no. We're going to chase this nigger. That doesn't Mr. Fuller talk about that? We love a coon hunt. We get excited for it. Oh, my God, I miss it. Got my new gun. I need something to shoot at. We got a rape in nigga. Let's go. Father and son, just like old times. Chased him out of the city. That's what Mr. Gibson said. Having a bulletproof vest would not make me feel better in this situation. Not by a long shot. I don't think we understand. That's one thing. 13 years. What have you learned, T? We non-white people, all of us, billions, we have no idea what it means to be white. And we end up paying a price for it every time. Sometimes it is a lethal price. I do say, I have said for years, that's one of the best phrases that I came up with. I don't even say that often. Confusion is lethal. Being confused about what it means to be white. Oh, man. And for this one, like Mr. Gibson, he didn't even do anything. He didn't even have a chance. Dedication to racism, white supremacy. I see a Negro male. Let's shoot him. Not let's let's shoot him. Let's hunt and kill him. black male privilege when he was doing his interview mr gibson he's talking to the white woman at cnn and she says you're on leave right now he says yes ma'am unpaid leave the white woman was so staggered by this i cannot believe wait wait a minute whoa she did the rewind all she needed was the sound effect like whoa 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 whoa. stop the record whoa whoa Did you say you are on unpaid leave? Like you can go out and choke a nigger to death right now and you will be on paid leave. Irritated Genie of Southeast was on paid leave while Homeland Security investigated his moonlighting activities. This nigger was accused of being a rapist or criminal or looter or whatever, shot at and chased, and he's on unpaid leave. The white woman's brain computer couldn't even process. She was staggered. You heard it. She was totally staggered. Like, dude, what? She was thinking, "I'm a white woman. If I slip and fall in this studio right now." they had better have me on paid leave get shot at and you tell me I'm on unpaid leave he went to report this at the police station bullet holes in the FedEx vehicle and he said they didn't even take me seriously you been out raving We we heard you we heard you mm-hmm. they they shot at you mm-hmm. 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 We'll, we'll get to that you been out raping black male privilege that's what they tell me little toxic patriarchal black male yes he has so much power yes. Black History Month, Carter G. Whitson rolling over in his grave. Yes. I can't even give, like, any suggestion other than to say, I said last week, if you do delivery driving, this is not an anomaly. This is not, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened, Mr. Gibb. No, I've seen this happen all the time. I could have easily put a clip together of five, six, seven, eight, how many do you need? Of this sort of thing, just in the last two years. This is not even going back through the whole history of Negros attempting to deliver parcels in the system of white supremacy. This is just in the times of the Rona. This has been an everyday occurrence. If you do any sort of delivery driving at all, Amazon, FedEx, DoorDash, Anything. It is imperative that you have a code. The moment that I pull up on this property, gunfire could ensue. What do I do? What is the company policy? They might have a good one. If they don't, what is my code? A white person is being hostile. A white person accuses me of knocking down their rose bush. Whatever it is, a white person, you know, fusses at, What are you doing in this neighborhood? A white person accuses me of stealing the car in the uniform. What do you do? With the thought in mind, they may have all of their firearm Weapons, their entire family, their entire neighborhood at the ready. Sniper scope on me right now. What are the best decisions that I can make for my safety, for my life right now? I think many of the folks that chimed in last week when we talked about all this, a major uh, theme or suggestion was not having long conversations. Everything is concise. Definitely not having any sort of verbal confrontation out here. Anything seems like it's deviating from professional cordial dialogue it's time to roll very dangerous times uh, on the plantation especially if you do delivery driving just because having to be that puts you in such a vulnerable position such a huge disadvantage having to be on their property at their residence they have access to everything You probably don't even know where you are. You probably had to use Google Maps or whatever it was to even get to this location, much less. Do you know this area? Do you know any of the people that live there? It's such a disadvantage, such a vulnerable position to be in, as is, you know, pretty much all the spots for the negros, victims of racism. But just try to do the best you can. Uh, I just Man, it seemed like, uh, like most areas, uh, like our code in this area could be stronger. I don't think Neely Fuller Jr., or at least I'm not aware, if his code for delivery drivers, if that uh, exists, uh, then let Gus know. And we can share it, disperse it, and what have you. Uh, But if not, I mean, hey, we are going to have to do some thinking on our own. Uh, So that means coming up with, you know, more strategies, suggestions uh, for folks who deliver Uh, So that they can do more thinking and even thinking in advance. I think that's a big part of it too. Just wow, this is super dangerous. I really need to keep that in mind the entire time that I'm here. Like I said last week, if it's about a break, I would not take a break in a white person's or Really any neighborhood. I just wouldn't recommend that. I would look, as I said, for a park grocery store, parking lot if they have a pharmacy, drug store, some sort of business, gas station, whatever. Uh where you can go there school even. Where you can go there big public well-lit parking area where you can legally park and be there for 10 20 minutes uh and you know no property owner what have you is going to run out with their gun. Where you should be able to sit there if you need to make a phone call, eat your sandwich, read whatever it is gather yourself you know as you continue your work shift or get ready to wrap up your day uh well you should be able to do that in a safe manner that would be my choice every time i just would not do a lot of uh meandering uh in a white neighborhood because i would i wouldn't care what type of vehicle you're in what type of uniform you have how many times you've been in this area i would expect to be branded and treated as some sort of hooligan invading rapist. Did you hear the tackiness, the extra tackiness with Mr. Gibson? They said, all of this happened. The police don't take him serious. You've been out raping. Mm -hmm. All this happens. Next day comes. Do they have a care package for him? We got you a half eaten bag of peanut M&M's. Starbucks card, discount to the massage parlor. Nope. Did we even get you a new area? Nope. Send you right back out to the same route. These folks sound so trifling. I imagine we're going to, in fact, give you the exact same vehicle, bullet holes and all. As I said, the thing that was most, (laughs) I don't even know the correct word for it. I was going to say galling, but that might not be correct. Appalling. That's the best I can come up with for right now. Almost. Had an anxiety attack. Returning the next day, same route, probably same vehicle. Bullet rattling around in the vehicle. Almost. Had an anxiety attack. I'm not repeating that as a a criticism in any way of Mr. Gibson. Victim of white supremacy. Even though he is an old privileged black male. Just as I said. I feel like I had an anxiety attack. Having to listen to the testimony. And he almost. Had an anxiety attack. On unpaid leave. The number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. That's something I would like to know in advance. Like if I work for a company doing deliveries, if I'm like assaulted or shot at, am I eligible for paid leave? (laughs) Like really? <laughs> like that's it. Nope. Nope. If you're in your personal vehicle, we don't cover any sort of damage to your car. So if they shoot out your windows, that's coming out of your paycheck. Wow. Update my LinkedIn page as soon as I get home. I'm not gonna be comfortable here. Uh the email is until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail dot com. If we have any folks, if you do delivery driving, dial in, particularly if we have any folks that do delivery driving. You say, I don't know what you're talking about, Gusty. I have a code. Please share. Let us know. Bathrooms, breaks. How do you handle being assaulted? All of that. Everything that you you know think would be helpful for any victims of racism, who might be doing any delivery driving. These are things that I've worked out that will keep you safe, minimize problems as you're out and about on the road. Let us, if you don't have a code and you're working on it, that's fine too. Let us know as you get it together, because that would be good to share. We have a number of folks who do driving of some sort, uh, who listen to the cows, many who listen to the cows while they are driving. Buckled up. I hope let us see. Uh, Folks who dialed in with a hand up. Mm -mm -mm. Let's see.
9: Mm
8: -mm -mm. Okay, don't see any hands. Apparently, we don't have any of the folks who are driving who dialed in super excited to share about their code. So uh, let's see. Hopefully, folks will not spectate. They'll share as we roll. I'll share one of the folks who emailed uh, while folks are spectating. And then we'll check again and see if folks have their commentary ready to roll. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the folks who wrote, you oh, know, it's Black History Month. <laughs> Driving component is really important, but I did forget. It is still uh, Black History Month. And the tackiness has been astronomical from day one. Um, I said it last week. If you're in any sort of work environment where they white people feel compelled to have some sort of ceremony, we gotta have a fried chicken bonanza or a watermelon display or a twerk contest. We gotta bring in a stripper pole and do some gyrating uh, to honor Carter G. Woodson, my view is it is best number one to make sure that you do not volunteer or accept any sort of invites to be a part of any of these uh, projects or presentations or anything that they're going to do for the remainder of this month. Uh, if you have to attend any of these events, if they're doing it during work uh, hours, that hey, you know that's part of what you're being paid for month, uh, paid for, compensated for this month I reckon. Uh, I would not get up and make any statements uh, and feel the need to start pontificating and explaining this or detailing what racism is and how it works I would not do any of that I have never seen where that helps to solve any problems or makes anything better for non-white people victims of racism I've seen where it just causes more problems and singles you out from mistreatment and a lot of unnecessary unwanted uh, attention from race soldiers so I would not say anything maybe ask a question if you want something clarified but if it's not that not quiet spectate <laughs> as they say Uh, but definitely and decline if there's any you know hey can you come join we're thinking about doing a fried chicken thing or maybe you can give some kind of no thanks and we're really busy on this project I just don't have any extra time I'm sure you all will think of something great and leave it at that even if it's all black people even if it's other black people that come and do the asking and proffering same thing I just said no thanks I'm sure you all will come up with something great let's see Uh, folks who wrote in alright one of our female listeners wrote in victim Uh, for today's Black History Month post they celebrated the see if I can do this one correctly it's hard sometimes because you're trying to read so it's kind of having to multitask and be all over the place on the screen so I'll start over and see if I can do this one correctly uh, since it is Black History Month let's see OK. All right. We're all set. Let's see if we can do it correctly this time. All right. So for today, for today's Black History Month post, they celebrated the lovings. The post was made by a white woman or another white person classified as a minority. Now, she put that in quotes. I don't even know what that means. A white person classified as a minority. Minority. Continuing, only five people responded. One of which celebrated LGBTQ rights under the post, and another white woman celebrated because her husband is so called non white to her. (laughs) That's evener. I haven't seen a photo of the husband, so who knows? Good lord. The rest, which all five participants were white people, pretended to be shocked and excited that such a law was passed. Now, that pretended as if they don't know white people are not supposed to be marrying non-white people even today, especially negros. Uh, What I also want to know is why the Lovings case is a part of black history. Shouldn't it just be American history in general or the history of the jurisprudence right supreme court law history right why is it just you know under that law history legal history uh and all the wacky laws that white people have enacted in this part of the world that's absolutely i don't know why that has to be confined to so-called black history um and and the sexual abuse component because we got that two times right chicago with the lifeguards white people don't care about children all that sexual abuse and then the same thing there uh with Mildred Loving and that white man she was 11 he was 17 when all of that started that sounds exactly but in fact that's even worse uh, than the Chicago that's just rape period ain't even nothing to talk about anywho uh, much obliged to the person who wrote in that that's what I said I wouldn't have anything to say when they get on these sort of uh, posts this is what I would expect fried chicken Loving step and fetch it fresh prince of bel-air the hate you give That how they did that i think stacy in the uk she said that they uh they celebrated the hate you give for when then she called in stacy in the uk she said they they had a they had a twerk contest to recognize black history month in her part they do it in uh october over there but they was uh we'll, we'll do some some gyring, show our respect to the african heritage and Negro peoples. Yes. Does not get any better than tacky. That's why I wouldn't have any sort of expectations that something constructive, that this is gonna be great, you can get excited, and you know, it, it could end up just being white people coming in with their Kente cloth bow ties, you know, for that day. Like Triple Ts, man, triple Ts. Uh let's see. Oh man, I hope people don't have if you have any trifling anecdotes, I guess that went down with Valentine's day. Hopefully people, you know, are not participating and did all the candy and nonsense, uh, this past Monday or what have you, hopefully maybe the Super Bowl overshadowed, uh, metaphor, all of that. Uh, but yeah, no candy, no gift. Yeah. I mean, let's, we're not in kindergarten, grow up, trying to be universal man, universal woman, like not in the holidays period, but I mean, really like you want to talk about a lame waste of time. Valentine's Day would be high on the list. But I have seen where that can cause a total ruckus in the workplace. Uh let's see. Uh folks who dialed in, uh, again if we have folks who do any delivery driving, definitely share your code for staying safe. Uh then other folks if you dialed it, if you have thoughts, observations to share, uh proceed. Let's see. I uh B in Santa Rosa. Yes, sir. Uh did you see the report on uh Mr. Robinson?
16: I uh, I saw a little bit of it, not a lot. Um Gibson,
11: tragic, you know.
8: Did you have uh, commentary be in Santa Rosa? Sorry, I didn't just wanted to make sure I got the name correct. It was uh Demonterio Gibson, not Robinson, Gibson. But did you have commentary, sir?
16: Uh yeah, I want to um I want to say uh thank you for uh having us on today for uh driving, man, because I'm one of them. And uh just from our last uh just from the last session we had, man, uh not having conversations. I thought you know, is, is very huge and something I can put in my arsenal while I'm at work. A um, couple of things I do to keep a uh, couple of things I do to keep myself safe. One of them is uh, I have a bulletproof vest on at all times. And uh when I go to residential areas, i i keep uh, I keep my Glock on. Me. Um, um, I, I don't argue with people. I try my best not to argue. Usually just stay in the uh, the uh, the uh, question lane, but after last week, I ain't even gonna do that. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it, you know.
8: Hmm. Right on, right on. Um. Any, I guess any with the break. Is there any adjustments that you would make there in terms of where you, if you have like 15, 20 minutes of idle time, where you're going to be kind of
16: parked? Oh, yeah. Definitely stay out of the residential area for that. (laughs) Definitely, man. Because, like you said, that last report is insane. And and like you guys said, that guy could have been completely armed, and I don't do that no more. I, I go to a public place.
8: Line on, line line on. Still learning, all of us trying to make improvements uh, and stay safe. Um, Yeah, uh, hopefully you will not have any other, you know, anything too traumatic uh, happen. It'll be uh, typical, boring, safe deliveries. But yeah, if you have any adjustments to the code or what have you let us know we have other folks who do uh deliveries as well so they can also share let's see we'll see other folks who dialed in if you have a hand up especially if you have folks who do delivery driving uh, if you have a hand up uh commentary to share tips uh for staying safe on the road uh line should be uh open proceed
17: greetings
8: Retired firefighter in Florida.
17: Yes, uh, I will save the uh, law enforcement incidents uh, for uh, Saturday, but uh, life is quite dangerous for a special needs worker, especially if you're a black special needs worker. Uh, I don't, I don't know if everybody remembers about the incident that took place down here where a law enforcement officer, uh, that was on a call with a, uh, it was involving a quote unquote special needs person. Uh, that was literally sitting in the middle of the street playing with a toy and was being restrained by his non-white black male caretaker. Uh, somehow the, uh, law enforcement official, uh, well, they were called and, uh, one of them with, I think, a assault rifle uh thought it was uh uh best for him to take a shot. Now I the reason why I just said take a shot because I'm not sure who he was aiming at. Uh the I, the the excuse in mind was that the instrument that the that the special needs person had in his hands was something that looked like a firearm. But yet, <laughs> the person that he shot was the black male caretaker. The officer was rendered free from all points of incorrectness a couple of days ago. That's uh, That was the results of that and, uh, I guess, uh, the, uh, black male who was shot, uh, you know, you take your womb and get healed and that's just the end of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if, uh, from a civil standpoint, he was compensated at all. I don't know for sure. Uh, are you, are you familiar with that case? It it did it did go viral back about a couple of years ago.
8: I do remember it. I had just forgotten, you know, because it had been a while. Um, all the details yeah. and such yeah. of it, but yeah,
17: I do remember it now that you bring it up. He was he was rendered through the criminal courts innocent. I I I I, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean it. it, it 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 looked like from the beginning that he was not going to get any support at all. I'm kind of not for sure on whether or not he is a white person. I'm not sure, uh, and and maybe if if somebody can pull up the anybody listening to me, if they can if they would pull up the uh, would be able to pull up the uh, a picture of him or the incident itself and take a look at the the uh law enforcement officer uh they could have an opinion about it on whether or not he was a white person or a non-white person but really i'm i was focusing on okay well you know the guy did the the, the definitely the person who got shot was a non-white black male <laughs> i put it that way and uh he didn't shoot himself uh so you know, I, I I just wonder on, you know, on, on the on that to whereas uh, uh, basically the guy was able to walk free. Walk free. I don't know what I don't know what type of restitution was rendered unto the uh, victim. I don't know at all. That certainly did help on what the decision was made by the court in that instance. That was my uh, my report. Uh, I, I mentioned, uh, last week about what I thought my, uh, means for safety of someone, you know, driving a truck. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea also to, if you, if you, I mean, just about, you could probably find a, you know, coffee shop, one of those type of coffee shops, you know, almost anywhere. You know, and, uh, if you don't want to, even if you don't want to sit in your, your truck, Uh, in the parking lot, which probably would be pretty safe, especially around a coffee shop, because, you know, during the daytime, you know, those those places are pretty frequented, frequented by people. Uh, And, uh, or, you know, go inside, you know, if, if, you know, but uh, yeah, don't be going around in a white neighborhood. I don't care if it's uh, 12 noon and, and the sun is out and out of cloud in the sky. <laughs> Do not take a break in in a, a well, a neighborhood period. A neighborhood period, period. There's different circumstances, but none of them will come out to your favor. And it can cause your demise in a split second, uh, by doing that. Uh in a non in a non white environment or a white environment. You know, it's not not a good idea. And uh, that's all I have to say. Thank
8: you. Much obliged. Retired firefighter in Florida. Charles Kinsey is the name of the victim who was uh, shot. I'm just trying to see if the officer who shot the Mister Kenzie who was working with this autistic child. Uh, so the officer is Jonathan Alida. Uh, Did you see a picture of him? See now that's I'm trying because they had a picture of the victim, which is I totally you know that's go up 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 okay. So is this him? I believe this is him. <sighs>
17: Right, I, I can't say exactly
8: if that's a, a quote-unquote white person. Have to be a racist suspect. Uh, yeah, i put him down as a racist suspect. i put him down as a racist okay. suspect. Okay. If they said uh, he could be someone who they say is a non-white, so-called Hispanic or Latino, whatever you want to say. I'd put him down as a racist suspect. It would not surprise me at all if this is someone who's classified as white, who can speak Espanol. That would not surprise me. Um yeah, that's probably what I would I'd classify him as a suspected racist uh for the time being until I got okay. clarification. Jonathan Alita is his name that people want to uh check. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N and then Alita uh A L E D D A. And you can yeah, see yeah, I don't know. I don't, He's been in court. I feel like sometimes they have these court hearings. Like, sometimes that'll come up. Sometimes they'll have a birth certificate or it would just be asked. Uh, maybe they'll have it on transcript if he was asked if he's a white person or what have you. Um, but I, he'd be suspected racist till proven otherwise. Mr. Okay. Kenzie is not
17: pleased. I wouldn't be either.
8: Black male privilege again. Right.
17: Let's see. I mean, he was just doing his job. And almost lost his life.
8: He's another big black male. So potential rapist uh, as well. Uh, Never can be too careful. Uh, Let's see. But
17: reportedly, the the person he's pulled by him discharging his firearm, the person he's supposed to be shooting at was was the person who is designated as the special needs person. (laughs) I mean, wow. And because the black male was on his back, laying prone on his back with his hands up. With his hands up. On his back in the middle of the street. Famous picture of, of that, of that what I'm describing with the special needs person a few inches away from him playing with a object. And, uh, I don't think the law enforcement officer was very far away from the, uh, the, the two, but, uh, Mr. What, what's the last thing? The victim. Kinsey. Mr. Kinsey ended up taking the bullet. Yep.
3: Yep. Yep.
8: Yep. 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 Disgusting all the way through, but I mean, hey, they may have intended to shoot them both. Who knows? Uh <laughs> All those black males present, a lot of potential rapists uh, might have just got excited. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have another trial or what have you. Folks can kind of monitor that one uh, as well to see what happens and to see if they give out information on the racial classification of Mr. Uh, Alita. I think that's how you say his name. If they give out any details on yes. what his uh, classification is. Uh, let's see. Much obliged, retired firefighter. And yeah, I think some folks from last week uh, had seconded uh, the recommendation. If you're doing any sort of deliveries, in addition to not uh, loitering in the vicinity and what have you, take your break elsewhere. Uh, they said definitely uh, do not take any shortcuts. Don't walk through the yard. Don't walk through the flower bed. Uh, if you have, you know, two or three deliveries on that street. Uh, don't take a shortcut uh, and go drop one off at the package and then, oh, oh, I can just right. know, hop right. over the fence and drop an ant. None of that. Like, walk back out, walk on the street, like, super extra professional. Take the footpath.
0: Very oh, deliberate.
8: Exactly. Very deliberate. If they have a gate, if you have to, you know, enter it to go through to put the package at the door, what you, Close the gate back. Once you're done, all of that, like. No pretense to come out and you knocked over my roses and my and Now I got to shoot you, you see, none of that. So every precaution uh, as you go out and about to do your uh, deliveries and just keeping in mind, I mean, it could be lethal, like real quick and without a word being exchanged. You don't even get hello in and bullets are flying.
17: Oh yeah, Gus. There's another danger that exists for drivers. Also, is pets. When you're doing doing all the delivering and whatnot, is pets. You know, uh, there was there was a uh, white female who got killed yesterday down here uh, that worked in a pet place. But but people have their pets all the time. You know, sometimes. They mean that they, you know, and, and, you know, white people like dogs. That's for sure. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, at any time, uh, uh, you know, the the pets who attack, they don't do a whole lot of barking. So it ain't like they're going to have, you're going to have their notice. But you got to be careful about that too. So I I would also always have some mace uh, with, on my person at some point in time, something that I can easily aim also as far as that mace is concerned for that that uh pet, specifically a dog, to be uh very much aware of. That's it.
8: Much obliged, uh retired firefighter. That is true. No, we have folks who do some mail delivering as well. They've talked about that. They'll have their rambunctious uh hound out to guard the house. And we did read White Dog not that long ago, so yeah, sometimes those uh pooches are not so friendly. Got some dark person uh molesting the property and you know, looking like they might be trying to touch things and all the rest of it definitely have your mace and you know whatever else you want to have i would say give it a practice run just so that you know how it fires uh so that you can be comfortable about it you can go out in the background just you know how you know much distance you have where it is you can even practice where you don't have to fire it per se but just practice where it is so you know the motion taking it out boom 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 that sort of thing Uh maybe even having it in hand uh, if you know you're going out to some areas where things seem a little dicey that's obviously not going to always be the case and what have you can't always see things but having it somewhere you, you can easily access it and then just take some practice runs bam bam getting it out bam bam so that's not a, a totally I'm fumbling and almost sprayed myself and you know that sort of thing it shouldn't be the first time that you're firing it when you are feeling like you could be finding yourself in some danger that type of thing let's see Uh, give out the number again Uh, so we are 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate Uh, again if we have folks who do any uh, delivery driving let us know what do you do to stay safe Uh, that includes if you're accosted pets, race soldiers uh, the folks that you're living with or being hostile or delivering to being hostile, whatever it is what is your code to try to make sure that you stay as safe as possible out while you are working Uh, let's see, Uh, one other other person emailed uh, they were talking about a number of things and Uh, A portion of their commentary kind of deviated to workplace racism I said I'll share just the portion that deals with uh, workplace racism Uh, so a different victim of racism female she writes in "Uh, all of the people I work with recognize my voice because the whole thing is done via radio the people at work are already looking at me with suspicion the white people at work Because I act differently now than I used to. I even had a manager report me in 2020. He told the group during the evaluation that I said all white people are racist. I never said such a thing. Never a smart idea to say that. But that just goes to show you what they're thinking. This nigger doesn't trust us like she used to. She doesn't hang out anymore and have drinks. Sobriety would be best. She doesn't really laugh at our silly ass jokes. She asks too many questions. I think she's starting to notice what we're doing but Gus I can't go back to acting like these white people are my friends because now I know that's not true I go into work almost every day and try to do my job to the best of my ability and it's been very stressful lately. I will stop there. It has been extraordinarily stressful. The entire two years of the pandemic. This year it has been. Wow. You can't even make heads or tails of anything. So again. Black. Myth. DeMontario Gibson. Almost. Had an anxiety attack, and I mean, if anything, that might be some John Henryism right there. Remember, we talked about that way back 2009, uh, where black people consistently got to work twice as hard to get half as far. Like, man, if getting shot at, put back on the same route where you were shot at, having the police ignore your requests, return your attempted killers to their freedom and you don't even get paid leave if that doesn't provoke an anxiety attack or kill you I don't know what else will that's what I mean about we kind of get encouraged to not even just hey I am I have been brutalized I mean thankfully he is getting some mental health time now but I mean wow that's even that is a eh. Eh, nah, this Negro nah. will have your same bullet ridden vehicle waiting for you when you get back, Negro and some extra work and the same route. Uh, but so many of the things that she talked about, uh, for sure, in addition to all of the stress. If you are a non white person in the workplace and you have been kicking it tough with the white people in your workplace, You've been hanging out with them and chucking it up, key, 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 all their jokes and laughing it up, and uh, all the we're friends and homies and kicking it on social media and we kick it after work and all the rest of it and do text messages all day and emojis and then all that stops. Like, wait a minute, they just think I'm another nigger too. All right and <laughs> you you still come in you do all your work everything but they noticed that immediately like whoa what's up with that negra here she's not all laughing and having fun and being silly like what's what's going on here we've heard that from so many but we've heard folks who said they were fired They started studying counter-racism, changed their behavior up, started being serious, not joking around, and you're just not a cultural fit. You know, Jamal, I don't know what it is, man. Used to be so much fun. Used to have a great time. Now you're all serious. You don't laugh with us, man. You don't kick it with us. You don't want to come to happy hour with us, man. You know, you're depressed. What's wrong with you, man? Lots of that over the years. And I mean, it's tough because if you were not codified when you started the job and then you start getting that information and you do change your behavior. You will look radically different. It is so tough. You just try. That's why I said you learn this information. It's not to be aloof. It's not so you can start being on the job and now you don't speak to anyone. You don't acknowledge anyone. You never smile anymore. Like it's not that, but I mean, you definitely are not around giving speeches you are much more careful, strategic about the things you do, the things that you say. I say you speak to everybody, right? Morning, Tim. Morning, Helen. Afternoon, John. Do You speak to everybody. This is not, you know, I'm not here telling them my life story and everything. They pick up on that one huge. If you before were an open book and telling them everything you did over the weekend, this is what we ate. This is where we went. This is what the children did. Oh, come look at the pictures and blah, blah, blah. And all you don't do any of that now. Ooh we. What is going on with our negras? So you just try to do the best you can. It's always best. I mean, ideally, you start the job. You're super codified at the beginning, so you can lay all that down. No crazy expectations, and they just know. Like, oh, oh we got one of those quiet negras over here. Got to watch him. that type of thing, as opposed to, man, we used to have all those good times. Now you being all tight-lipped and serious professional like Negroes like that yes I know yes Mm. sobriety would be best even if you work with exclusively individuals classified as black exclusively non-white people I'm not going out drinking with them either Don't need any alcohol with my coworkers. All of that is just encouraging bad behavior and potential for some shenanigans, like we heard about at the Chicago uh, Evanston. The folks working at the beach and stuff—debauchery. Uh, number again: seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code: five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like. To participate other folks who dialed in if you have commentary to share proceed
11: uh, greetings guests, greetings callers and listeners um just a, a an update I, I called a couple of weeks ago in regards to my company or well, plantation i work at and the changes that were taking place and how part of my division was split and when my division was split in two, we basically, I saw basically that there were majority black men that were being pushed to one side of the company while the other side of the company maintained its quote unquote whiteness. Um, obviously red flag meant time to leave. Um, update is that I've left. Today was my final day in the office and I can't begin to tell you, I mean, well, I'm sure other people have been through it as well, but I can't begin to tell you how great it feels to leave a toxic environment, um, especially one rid with what racism like mine was. And I'm just, um, I do have something else lined up, but I was able to leave with a nice little package, a couple of weeks off to really decompress, gather myself again, Spend time with family, but um it is just so great to leave. And and even while I was leaving, <laughs> these racist these racist people they're trying to give me work like the entire week, as if I'm going to be there next week. I mean, they're just still piling. They were still piling work on. And after a while, I just stopped responding. I just stopped responding to emails and. I just left it alone, and they started getting to him. Like, well, if the last day is Friday. We probably should leave him alone because he's not going to do anything. You know, um, but it's it's just great to be leaving. Great to walk out the door on someone of my own terms, and be now in a better space and better position. Uh, I got to tell you, man, it's one of the the best feelings I've had in a while, and um, that's speaking volumes because I'm a parent. <laughs> so. Uh but just wanted to give that update. Um and, and speaking of that, I'm gonna hang on for a couple minutes but I'm gonna jump and spend some time with the with the young one as well, um while I still can. Uh but that's all for now. I'll mute mine on. Thank you.
8: Bravo. Bravo. Like uh Bravo for spending time with the young ones. Number one, like attempted parenting. Pardon me for a second. Had to readjust my chair here. Get comfy. Uh, Number one, parenting. Attempted parenting. Spectacular. We hear so much uh, about you. No count raping, toxic, sexist patriarchal privileged lazy trifling shiftless black males to actually hear a black male who actually has a job although he did say he resigned so he is kind of drifting back into shiftlessness um but saying hey I'm looking to spend some time with my offspring like oh my gosh he's not making a dozen three dozen children and running off to chase white women like really wow that's amazing bravo for attempted parents um and then Bravo as well. Hey, pff, making my exit strategy, and I'm out of here. Got things together, doing my own business, right on. Like that is spectacular. Uh, they make it so difficult for non-white people to try to do that. So Bravo uh, for sticking to it. Uh, I'm not surprised. The word I keep saying, Tacky. Daily Fuller Jr. said it best. Uh, he's le- not. He didn't say. He's leaving and, you know, we want to show our appreciation for all of his hard work and time that he's put into the company. And, you know, it's just been a really great employee asset to the company. We am going to get him a half eaten bag of peanut M&M's Starbucks gift card. You know, we all chipped in. Got you five dollars on the way out. No, 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 no. He didn't hear any of that. We're going to pile this nigga up. Have as much work as we can give him. Extra work, in fact, double, triple work. <laughs> got to the and that is black self-respect too same thing we've been talking about in terms of safety saying no like you know what even if you weren't leaving saying no I understand I'm a nigra, don't count for anything I got it Negras don't matter I got it but I can't decline like i do not have to come in here and do it because so many of us they think hey we got these negros like hey they will do everything they will do all the overtime and grunt work and grueling work and everything else to see if they can get a little bit of white validation if we will think they're cool they give them a raise or promotion we're not giving them nothing they're not even gonna get a half-eaten bag of peanut m&ms like dang i did all this and you know came in early and and Changed all the light bulbs and dusted everything, and and so what? Saying no,
11: I, not I say, yes, sir. I will, say, I will say this, guys. Um, one of the people that I work for, um, it's an executive, a uh, black male, um, showed his appreciation when I was leaving, and uh, he's a Harvard grad. He took me to a, a Harvard social club, and. Um, you know, just took me out to lunch to say, thank you. And, uh, you know, reference, gave me a reference, everything and said, stay in contact. And, you know, it's really, really classy guy. And, um, my group, the people that I work with, nothing, not even on my last day, nothing. No, you know, some people said, Hey, good luck here and there. But, you know, I'm just in between. Um, but people that i some people that I worked with outside of my department, they were great, they showed a lot of gratitude and, uh, took me out, uh, last night to, to just social appreciation and wish me well. And like I said, I got something lined up already in March, so I'm set. <laughs> you know, but that was one of the good, great things, um, uh, about the situation is, uh, I really appreciated that executive for showing me some respect and taking me out and, you know, just giving me a nod.
8: Right on, right on. Another old privileged, toxic black male. Uh, Actually, memory serves. So he had two different black uh, people, one male and one female who seemed like they have some black self-respect and they did all right by him. Uh, So to get in this cushy spot where he can relocate and have a nice, hopefully way better plantation with astronomically better compensation starting next month. Is because a black female gave him the heads up, like, hey, you nigger males, you all are getting nothing. Already seen it. You need to get your exit plan together. And then black male executive on the way out. Like, hey, thank you for all your hard work. Let me hook you up. Just small token of our gratitude and wish you the best on your way out. Like, hey, that is mad. <laughs> there are lots and lots of black people who do not have even one such colleague that they work with to kind of give them you know either or the heads up about what's coming and or the you know appreciation on the way out and to get both like wow that is uh black self-respect for uh the colleagues your coworkers there that is awesome um yeah i'm, I'm Glad you got all that. Yeah. Look forward to something great for next month. Hopefully, you'll have lots of nice, boring reports. Uh, you can just gloat about your increased <laughs> compensation and easier workload and less stress and good riddance to all the foolishness in the old plantation.
11: Agreed. Couldn't agree more, Gus. Couldn't agree more. I'm looking forward to it. But again, looking forward to the time off. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to stick on for a couple minutes, but I'm going to jump off and I I want to spend some time with the, with the little guy, man. He, uh, you know, it's, it's just great to be able to do it now. You
8: know, it's great. Bravo. Talk about racism, white supremacy, uh, while you're hanging out and being a attempted black father, Bravo. Uh, even the great work experience, that'd be something to brag about too. Going out and not having to directly slave for white people, having your starting your own thing or having something else lined up that is better. But, Bravo, much alive. much obliged for sharing, sir. Uh, let's see. The number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like. To participate, Uh, the email is untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com. Again, if we have folks, if you do uh, deliveries, let us know if you have some sort of code to keep yourself safe in the workplace i guess i should have said too like i guess covid is still here i didn't really say anything about that but wow all of the hooting and hollering and protesting could be coming to an end shortly now i know this greatly depends on where you are in the world but here in washington state we have some of the strictest um COVID-19 regulations in the United States, unless I've been misinformed, Uh, we have had uh, mask mandates, vaccine mandates in place for bars, gyms, restaurants for four or five months. Now the mask mandates have been even longer than that. Uh, But that proof of vaccination that's been, I think since like October, maybe even before that, but definitely October or so. All of that, I think, is supposed to end in like 10 days, March 1. That could be extraordinary in the workplace, as all the white defiance and everything, uh, to throw all that in the trash. And I say the same thing about safety. That, to me, would not mean immediately now we can go back to the lunchroom, hang out, hold hands. We don't have to wash hands anymore. I want to give everybody a big hug and chest bump like, eh. That would not be my recommendation at all. I'm not going back to potluck dinners or any of that. I would still take it seriously. But wow, that I mean, I don't they might have even started making some of those changes now Uh, that could have huge ramifications for your workplace. I know they've said in some places like, hey. If all that stuff is happening, like you need to be back in the workplace, forget all that hybrid and stay at home and all the rest of it, like back to the office right now. I have no idea like how quickly that sort of adjustment, if people are even going to be willing to make that adjustment, particularly are they going to be willing to make that adjustment in 10 days? The masks like, oh, yeah, everybody will throw that in the trash like right now, but Really? The people that have been working even we have some cows listeners. They've been working at home for a year now. Some of them longer than that like they're going to be ready to come back to the office March 1? Really? You can let us know how all that is evolving uh as well cuz that is probably going to be uh the whole rest of the year especially if they have any more, you know, so-called increases in yeah. cases and, you know, all the rest of it as we continue with COVID-19, but yeah, that is also major news. Uh lots of Areas announcing a uh, pending end to all of these restrictions and adjustments and COVID 19 protocols. So, yeah, let us know if you're dealing with all of that as well. Uh, so, number again, 720 716 7300. The code five six four pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, people that we missed. Totally. If you have a hand up, commentary to share, proceed.
1: Hi, Gus. Good evening. Uh, May I be heard?
8: Yes, ma'am.
1: Hi. Uh, First, I want to, uh, I guess, share a uh, story. Um, You know, I work with mainly white people, like most of us do, and there's a white liberal male in my office. You know, he likes to talk about, you know, Zora Neale Hurston and, you know, he's made it, um, I guess a life goal to, you know, know about black culture. Well, wanted to, you know, inform you or let you know of a, uh, of something that he, you know, said to me, which I think would fall in the tacky category. Um, I was at my desk and, uh, he, he comes by and he says, um, do you want to know why they call, you know, hush puppies, which uh, I'm not sure, you know, where you're from, but you know, it's a food. Um, you may not be aware of that. He said, do you want to know why they call them hush puppies? And I'm like, uh, you know, no, not, not at all. Why is that? He said, well, the slaves would, you know, use it to, you know, throw it at the dogs to keep the dogs from chasing them. And I said, hmm, that, that's interesting. So that was a tacky, a, a moment, I'm not sure where that uh, came from, but I, I just you know thought I would uh, you know share that particular report. And uh, the next thing I have for you is just simply a question. Um, my office environment has become you know more and more, I guess uh, toxic, uh, more so with uh, my manager. Uh, who is uh, very passive-aggressive. It's gotten to the point now, Gus, and I know I need to get better at containing my anger. I know that's what they want us to do. But it's kind of gotten so, well, you know, I just avoid him. I avoid all eye contact with him. I don't initiate any type of contact at all. And I can tell this is uh, going to, you know, cause problems. Uh, One of the main issues I have, you know, with him, and I've called before, um, but to keep things as succinct and brief as possible is that um you know he he's very uh, passive aggressive, you know on paper, I you know report to him. he is my manager. however, you know, I'm constantly um, being forced to go to these meetings um, for a department that's when i that's within our division, but you know it has nothing to do with um, my department and I see it as a waste of, of time. Um, and there's a myriad of issues where, you know, I may, you know, ask a question because he's my manager and he refers me. He's actually a director, um, but he will refer me to a female manager who seems to be a bit of a busybody and kind of has her hand, you know, in every department, you know, even our department. It doesn't seem like the director. You know, really cares, which that's really, you know, aggravating me. Um, so my question for you is I mean, I don't know how much more longer it's going to last, but what do you recommend for victims who, uh, when you have just a lot of anger, um, you know, negative feelings toward your immediate direct report, um uh, person you report to, and it's to the point now, like, where, you know, The tension is obviously, you know, felt, you know, within the office because I just kind of have, um, emotionally, you know, shut down from him because, um, in a way, I feel he's playing politics because, you know, he's saying I report to him, but anytime there is something that comes up, he refers me to, um, a different manager and it doesn't make any sense to me and it's contributing like i said to a lot of anger a lot of resentment um you know in my department um i'm the only person you know i work with them um and a few other guys you know i'm the only one in my department that has to clock in and i feel that this rule is implemented because you know she manages like the secretaries although we two different departments, and, you know, because they clock in, you know, now I'm clocking in, but my other coworkers in my department, you know, they don't have that same rule. So that, it's just like things are kind of like getting worse and worse. So in short, um, I wanted you to just share that tacky behavior <laughs> initially, but I also wanted to ask, when you're a victim and you're angry and it's obviously showing up in your interactions with your white overseers <laughs> where you're not, you know, giving a lot of eye contact, you know, what is the best way to, I guess, control that? I can't get up and go take a walk because, you know, every time I leave my desk, you know, even I was going to training this week, which is off-site, you know, he has people, you know, constantly watching me. I'm under surveillance, like constantly. I've done nothing to um, warrant any of that. I'm always on time. I have the clock and out so obviously it's recorded. So, uh any recommendations for that um and i'll just I'll meet my line. I just feel it's heavily political you know and even, even though he's a director you know he he's over the manager, but he keeps referring me to her when he has the authority to make such decisions and that's all I'll say. It's a bit of a vent and a complaint, but I just want to say kind of get that out of my system. Thank you
8: hmm. Okay. Much obliged. I, I had a I guess it's a clarification about the passive aggressiveness to just see if I'm I'm grasping it or if there's something more than in terms of what's uh generating the frustration that you're dealing with. Um the just with the food really quick. We talked about that before. Uh, this came up years ago. Folks were talking about they. Some folks were saying that they would talk about food because that can be a way to steer to to safer topics. Safer meaning you can avoid uh, or minimize the likelihood of white people saying or doing something racist because food is pretty neutral. And I said, no way. It's going to be fried chicken, watermelon, whatever. I was not thinking hush puppies, but I mean, nothing surprises me with racist man. Racist woman. Um, I did have like a momentary, like, what the hell? Uh, I was born in Virginia. I lived in Georgia. They have Long John Silvers here in Seattle. Like, yes, I am familiar with hush puppies. Uh, I've looked at the recipes to even make them vegan. Yes. That notwithstanding, um, when you listed passive aggressive behavior, um, I know you mentioned your direct supervisor who has the direct power to make some of these decisions and, you know, tell you whatever it is that needs to happen. But as opposed to that, they're redirecting you to some other female in the office. Uh, are there other things that they're doing uh, in terms of this passive aggressive behavior that's frustrating you? Yes, Um, uh, yeah.
1: um I've called before. I wish I had my list in front of me. You know, like, for example, I am doing my work, um, sending all my stuff to the vendor, doing it in a very timely and efficient manner. Um, And, you know, he will send me an email, you know, just for no reason, you know, even though I'm already sending them out, and he is copied on these emails, and he will just say, hey, can you, um, you know, kind of do this faster? And it's no reason really for him to say that because I'm immediately, you know, um, you know, doing it right away or, you know, him, you know, taking an issue, you know, with my vacation, with him approving it and, you know, then reaching out to me on the day of my vacation, asking me, you know, hey, um. What, where are you? You know, I'm checking in. I'm concerned about you and me having to mention, you know, you gave me my vacation. Uh, him, you know, just doing, you know, things to, um, you know, be, I guess, assert his authority. Um, you know, and just things like that. And it's just kind of getting to the, you know, the point. I guess I'm not being a good, maybe team player. <laughs> And it's just because um I'm not going out to like the you know, they have the holiday party and he was really pushing me to go to that and I was like, Yeah, you know, I work with all men. I wasn't really going to that. So, you know, they tried to make a comment about, oh, you know, such and such you know, scared to go or you know, just things like that. And it's just kinda gotten um, you know, even it just keeps getting worse and worse. We're like, we're not even, we don't even speak to each other (laughs) pretty much unless it's like via email, but it's just, you know, I think it's unrelenting. And I just don't like him constantly, you know, watching me. If I talk to someone else in the office and, you know, he has a problem, you know, with that, you know, it can be mostly work related. So it's just those types of issues.
8: Spectacular. Thank you so much for the clarification. Was that you last week who said that the, the white fella asked you uh, about your background? Like, tell me about a girl like you. Was that, was that you? Yes, that, I, that, that was me.
1: That was a different um, manager, yes, that was me who called she Sweet to
8: share that. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, so different white man, but same Same milieu uh, of racist white people. Um, Okay, with all of that, uh, I'm so glad you clarified. Uh, I just said earlier today, a big part of counter racism in the workplace is not to get to the point where you are mute and you don't speak to people like that's not. At least I don't think that should be the goal uh the goal I still speak to everyone open, chatted up, all of that. just everything is very strategic now, for some of this, I would say this is just like really standard operating procedure like race soldiers they will do a lot of the things that you mentioned in terms of the nagging you on your vacation, where you've already kind of checked in with them about <clears throat> where you're where you're at that sort of thing, and uh, if you're supposed to be at a different location on this day, and that sort of thing, and they call like they've never heard this before, it might even be calling, cursing and, you know, spitting mad, fuming at them out, like, what is going on? And, and, and we talked about this yesterday, Bob. Oh, yeah. I'm so, abs- I'm so sorry, and blah, 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 and all that. Um, all of this is really... St- we even had uh, our young scholar in the Bay Area. He dialed in to tell us about this sort of thing happening with his little... I'm not Rinky-dink, just because this is not like a Fortune 500 job, he's just starting his work career uh, at a sandwich shop, and he was saying that they were doing the exact same thing. He gave them his class schedule. They got it right pinned up on the wall. Did they look at the schedule and say, "Oh, he's at biology at noon today. He can't come in and work for us." Okay, no, 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 no. They call it interrupt him. Hey, we got a shift open today. Can you do it? I've got class and you know that because you have my schedule. So, a lot of this stuff I would say is is just this is just the standard things that white people do in the workplace to annoy us. Can you do this faster when you might have the most efficient time of anyone right in the department uh the making you clock in When the other people don't, now that might be something that you can raise and get changed because it seems that would be something that would bother me if nobody, if I'm the only person in the department who's clocking in, everybody else here who's, you know, not doing that. I would just point it it out in that, is there a reason why I'm the only person in this division who's having a clock in while none of the other people are doing that? And just have him explain it uh, in a meeting or what have you, you one on one or what have you, and and have that be detailed because that might be something that can be changed. I don't know if you tried that or not. Uh, In terms of the vacation, one thing I might do, if I've checked in, we talked, I've spoke with my immediate supervisor, it's posted, it's on my uh, voicemail or what have you. It's If you all have like a posted board or what have you, everything is notified. I've done everything that I possibly can and am obligated to do to notify folks I'm not going to be here today or I'm on vacation or whatever it is. I'm not answering my phone like you can just check and say, oh, they called. I see the voicemail. What are you doing? And you can just send a check. Oh, yeah. Remember, I'm on vacation today, Bob. Remember, we talked about this yesterday. And then, they, oh, yeah. That way, I'm minimizing how invested I have to be because I expect these type of. I expect you to do that, right? You forgot or try maybe even come accusing. You didn't have this approved and you didn't tell anybody. And remember that? No, I did all that and talked to everybody. Maybe even take pictures of where I posted the notification. Got to pick. Remember, we had our meeting yesterday at 11 o'clock Got that recorded just in case all the rest of it. Just to verify, I sent my email out yesterday before I left. I'll be on vacation tomorrow. See y'all when I get back. Blah, 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 all that. So I got all my documentation. Oh, yeah. Bernard. That way I can minimize because I expect you to do this, even if it's just a day off, not a vacation. I always take Friday or whatever day it is Tuesday. That's always my day off. Uh, I expect to be asked, even with the speed, if you know you're doing really efficient work, everything is on time or early with you and they say hey can you get it done faster I'll do my best but I'm trying to be current it generally takes about X amount of time and I mean I would have it exact Mr. Edward Williams he talked about they have programs that can give you the exact amount of time it takes to get tasks done this is normally the about amount of time it takes to get a case done in an efficient but competent manner I'm not sure I can get it done much faster than this but I will do my darndest I found when you can respond that way, oh, you rob race soldiers of the joy when you're just being professional. I'm not even upset. Oh, you take all that because they want. That's exactly what they want. Have you what, just fuming mad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super unhealthy. All of that, you know, contributes to us immune system not working its best, not being able to rest as well. Because you have that anger all day long, and it's to the point you can't even speak to the person, and all that. Then you go home and are upset about it and fume about it. Then they get to come in and make some snide remark. Didn't want to come to our Christmas party. No count, Hesse. Who do she think she get? Go home and be mad about that, and that just ooh, that can really erode your mental health over time. Uh, I would really try to minimize one. I mean, hey, working on an exit strategy, if you've already concluded, this is not the culture for me. And I mean, that's the type of thing when it gets to the point where it's so palpable that you're not speaking, you're not on speaking terms with like your direct supervisor. Like they might even intervene and be like, hey, this is not a fit. You don't want to hang out with us. You're not down with that workplace culture. Then get on out of here. That type of thing. So if it's to that point, like, ooh, I would be big time working on making sure, like, I'm getting my exit strategy together and all of this. Even in the meantime, before I get there, I would try to minimize as best I can so that it's not really a palpable thing. Uh, If you feel like you're getting uh, upset, bothered to the point where, hey, I don't want to speak or it might be visible in my body language, in my face, how I present You said you feel like you're being watched. That's all of us. We are constantly being watched. That's even those of us who are at our best. Like, you know, the white people love us and we fit in and all that in the workplace culture. Even those of us, we're under surveillance. You're about five seconds away from being some kind of no count coon. So I would continue. Like if it's talking to other employees about workplace material, I would just talk to them. If somebody says something. Oh, we were just speaking about such and such. Is that a problem? See, you still get to stay in the question line. We were just talking about whatever the, you know, workplace related topic is. Is that a problem? Is that is that is an issue? And they can let you know. No, you're not allowed to talk about workplace. Oh, okay. And I would write all that down. Like, okay, that no talking about okay, I'll make sure to do that. Most of the time they're not gonna say that. But I would just it's like even if you know, what if things were perfect, I would expect that. Even other non-white people may be keeping an eye on you. You go to the water cooler. whatever. What is she doing? Is she stealing? What? We already heard everybody. You're a rapist. black males at least. You know. So, I mean, hey, that's just par for the course. Um, I would like, yeah, once you're in a work environment where it's that bothersome, I would definitely be working on my exit strategy. But in the meantime, because it might take, you know, two months, three months sometimes to get all that together, I would want to minimize the likelihood of them uh, either getting rid of me or making things worse in the interim while I work on getting out of there and I would do that even you said you can't take walks uh, I don't know if they have a restroom that's maybe further from your work area I would walk to the one that's further away that way you can go to the restroom area do some deep breaths hopefully get some privacy gather collect do some mantras if you you know some ancestors if you have some family members people who were really there for you say their name kind of Recenter Dr. Welsing or what have you, whatever is kind of your kind of bring some balance back and just kind of stay focused on the best way to act. Because, in my opinion, at least I think when you have white people who are probably, it sounds like this white guy, he's just doing like, particularly, we talked about this last week, like this hussy, you don't want to come drink with us for the Christmas party? I'm trying to hook up, I'm a rich white man, I'm trying to hook you up, and you don't even want to go out. Okay, okay, okay that's like the attitude now it's just oh yeah we're gonna mess with you every day the yeah. best way i found Yeah, it and there, that
1: that does seem that yeah it, it does and it really it really got um worse and i i called you about this too when i told you you know i work for a school district and i told you you know i unfortunately myself and my child got the covid and you know they were wanting me to come back like
10: you know early
1: like I found out on Thursday, they said, hey, you, um, okay, according to the guidelines, we want you back on Monday. Uh, you know, but then I had to report to my son's, um, school, which I work for the same district he goes to school in. They're like, nope, he can't come in un- until Thursday. So that puts me, you know, in a obviously very awkward position. And, you know, I informed them, hey, you know, according to the guidelines and the district policy, he has to quarantine this amount of time. Um, and, you know, I'm not going, going to be able to come in. And that supervisor, you know, he was like, okay, well, that's fine. And they, they wouldn't let me use the paid uh, COVID leave for that, which I think they, they should have, but they would not. So they wanted me to go into my own personal leave, which was not very much because I have not, I don't have a lot of seniority there. So I just said, hey, you know, I'll just take, those uh you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll just take it off as unpaid. And ever since, you know, I did that, which, you know, I didn't have a choice. I You know, I think, I can't think of a, this, you know, I'm trying to be as logical as possible. But ever since that incident as well, it's a culmination of things, but that is one of the most recent, is whenever, you know, he, you know, became more, you know, passive aggressive. Maybe they don't see me as um, dedicated of an employee as the others, but, you know, it's your school district who made the policy. <laughs> like, what, what can I do? So, yeah, I think it's that. It's just a lot of different things. And I, I think what you said go to the bathroom, get away from the desk, walk, breathe, you know, put everything into perspective and just start making that exit uh, strategy. Um, you know, and he was like, oh, you know, the new time thing, because I went to him about that. You know, he kind of brushes it off and he said, oh, that's just a new policy. That was implemented, you know, like a month before you got here. However, the person in my position before, white female, um, that they didn't have a clocking in and clocking out, you know, procedure. It was implemented in July, um, and I came on uh, board in August. So that's one suspect, but then again, he referred me over to the female manager instead of him being the director making those, um, decisions. So, you know, I'm going to do what you said, but just wanted to kind of give you a little bit more context on, you know, the school thing and how things have kind of, you know, taken, you know, a turn. Maybe I'm not a dedicated uh, Negro because I chose to to stay home, but I didn't have a choice.
8: Yes, ma'am. Another attempted parent, uh, two in a row, being an attempted black parent system of white supremacy, like man, high commendations from uh, Gusty um, that just with that extra context, that just adds even more. because That's more the same. Like she has some black self-respect, like, you know, she she has the audacity to say she's going to spend time with her offspring as opposed to coming in here when we say so. She has the audacity. She's not going to come out into some debauchery with us and drink. She has the audacity, you know, I'm I'm trying to to do a little swirling and she, you know, acting like she's not interested in that either. You know, who does she think she is? She's supposed to be all about white validation and she's just every turn. No, no, no. Hmm. That's I mean, race soldiers, they hate that uh, with us. Absolutely hate that. So, yeah, and I'm of the opinion like, oh, yeah, they they love that's why they got the whole website chimp out they love it when they can come in you got all that black self-respect our goal is going to be to annihilate that to just have you like and you are dedicated you're working hard it's not like you're being shiftless and not doing your work you're working i suspect you probably are returning reports and getting things done more efficiently than most if not all of the other people who work there they're out concerned about happy hour when we get to go drink that being said they were oh yeah she's not dedicated because she doesn't come out and drink with us oh yeah she's you know not part of the workplace culture here when that's not true at all i'm just not about a whole lot of debauchery and racism so yeah i think that's that is very that's the same thing like the female caller who wrote us talking about hey she used to do that she used to go out and drink and all that stuff then she got more codified to stop doing all that and now it's like hey hey what's going on matter of fact she said in the report that she wrote and she said had a manager report me to the uh, board saying that I think all white people are racist when she never even said that See, she's not a team player either hates white people any other uh, folks I'm a big advocate of the long find the, the bathroom that is the furthest distance from your work area and always use that one and then if anybody asks why you need that when you can come up with a lame excuse or you can even hop in the question area and not even dignified are we allowed to use that restroom oh yeah that's fine that's fine i just wondered why you always take that oh i just i didn't even know it was down there i checked that one had to go on that side of the building for something and then if i have to use the restroom i use it while i'm there you did say we can use that one yes question again did any other uh folks have any suggestions uh for our uh female caller for all that she's dealing with uh the, uh, I guess come out and drink with us, and and them just now trying to annoy her with these pestering kind of things, like making her clock in and challenging her to get things done, you know, quicker. I guess and then again get to the point where it's kind of palpable, uh, palatable, or palp yeah palpable the uh, the tension uh, that's happening here. Any any suggestions, uh, folks, for the best way to kind of deal with all this until uh, we can get an exit strategy together. folks still thinking about it perhaps if we have any suggestions before we go off just let us know uh i am a big advocate though of uh being we're still chatting like you all are terrorists and all the rest of it but counter-racist codification not aimless chatting not idle chatter but still speak to everyone nobody is going to accuse accuse uh gus uh while he is following counter racist codification of you just don't talk like nope that is not true i speak to everyone every day talk about workplace related activities because i want all the information that i can to get my promotions and raises and everything else uh but yeah we're just not going to be sitting around talking about goofy did you see the Super Bowl? man didn't mary J look special in that man uh, let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, much obliged for sharing. And at least in my view, congrats for black self-respect, uh, avoiding the debauchery, looking out for your offspring. Uh, just yeah, try, take that space. You're going to be under surveillance regardless. Take space when you need it, uh, just so you can kind of recenter, breathe. And work on the exit strategy and make sure you're talking. That would be my, I guess, other suggestion. Make sure that you're still speaking, conversing, don't want to be accused of uh, being mum in the workplace. Uh, other folks with uh, hand up number again, 720-716-7300, the code five six four pounds press star 61 if You would like to participate. Uh, Other folks dialed in uh, with commentary to share.
17: I have a. uh, A uh, BSO. uh, Director Gregory. Tony. Report. Whenever. uh, You can fit it in. Oh, let's hear that. Let's hear that. Yes, uh, he, uh, he's been pretty busy. He's been, he's been pretty busy lately, uh, arrested a lot of people. Uh, he, uh, over a course of time, since the last time I reported, has, uh, actually, uh, fired, uh, some subordinates. Uh, some of them were white. Uh, but, uh, lately, uh, he had this, uh, this thing. He directed this thing. And, uh, actually, uh, I think the origins of it was already in, in faction before he, uh, became the chief. Because I think they said they started it in the, 1990s. And, uh, but anyway, I, I, I can't, I can't think that they're talking about when they, when they're saying 200 arrests, that all of this came from this quote unquote one, quote unquote gang. Uh, I don't know if anything, any gangs are that huge, uh, in number of arrests. If if, it's 200 people getting arrested, then it must be some, some more, some more people. Uh, that are not arrested, but, uh, anyway, lately he, uh, uh, he, uh, uh, arrested, uh, at least something like 25. And of course, these were non-white people who are rich classified as black for the most part. Uh, that, uh, were part of some gang and, uh, uh, they confiscated, uh, uh, fentanyl, cocaine, and firearms, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, the news was reporting it and, and, uh, they were just piling, uh, non-white people into, uh, what was used to be called paddy wagons. Uh, they had to have the wagons come out to, uh, there were so many people they had to arrest and whatnot. But, uh, he, uh, he, he's, he's pretty prominent in the press. And, uh, I don't know if they have an approval rating. Uh, of somebody of, of his uh, stature and profession but uh, I would say it would be pretty pretty good for a lot of people in Broward county he'll probably get a, a pretty good approval rate I haven't heard anything any any negative type of uh, uh, rhetoric uh, concerning him since the you know the the things that I was reporting before as he first got the job but uh, yeah he's been pretty busy lately that's
8: it. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. I guess, uh, Broward County or most other plantations, if you're going to lock up some black people like that is, Hey, applause, Mike Bravo.
16: Mm-hmm. I
8: thought we had too many raping niggers out here anyway. Told, uh, me in Santa Rosa, We can get the same type of program. going. Maybe we Get some of these other folks off the street. We don't have, uh, it's my black brother, uh DeMontario Gibson. The rest of these folks, we won't have all these sassy delivery drivers with all these lip. Get some more. Uh, get some more of these. He said
17: 200 of them. Wow. Over That's, the course, over the course of uh, some years, but lately, meaning a couple of couple of days ago, uh, uh, under his uh, direction, they arrested at least twenty four twenty five of them you're the you saw the sort of report where you could you could actually see a report where they' just piling black people in uh the back of these uh wagons you know just piling them in they were just you know on and on and on you know lead them into the back of the wagon you know uh with the they used to call them paddy wagons back in the day uh there there's a there's a historical reasoning behind that that term I forget what it is exactly. Paddy wagon the term called paddy wagon but uh yeah that that's what they were piling them into it, and for the most part it's this it's this uh quote unquote black gang that uh uh i, I myself personally i never heard of them but uh I'm not the type to be trying to figure out all of that that kind of stuff anyway but uh uh they basically were uh popular with, uh, the sale of, uh, uh, drugs and, uh, and in turn, you know, when you're doing that, you, you're, you're going to also have to be, uh, armed to protect your quote unquote interests from, from, uh, rivals and as well as, as well as, you know, police participation also legal as well as illegal participation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his name has been quite prominent in the news.
8: Lock him up. That's the way to do it. Lots of that. Anytime they talk about getting tough on crime, you're again, yeah, blackmail privilege. Hmm. More on that might be coming tomorrow. Compensatory call in, New York Mayor Adams sounds like might be same type of thing. Facial recognition and tough on crime, right, like right. Uh, that is right. always a good way for job security. Tough on
17: the Negros. Uh, right. Let's see. That's probably why That's probably how he got one of the main instances behind him getting elected. <laughs> as as uh, uh, I'm talking about the mayor of New York. Of him being a former police officer and how he how he uh, uh, carried himself as a law enforcement officer. Yeah. That uh, probably. Helped his election. Mm -hmm.
8: Let's see. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. More on that. Compensatory call in on Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Context of White Supremacy. Number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Other folks who are with us... uh, Commentary, if we missed anybody. Commentary, you want to make sure that you get in. Perosi.
9: May I be heard? Caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Augusta Host, the listeners and the callers. Uh let's see, I have some interactions or some reports also I like to share. Um this first is with a black male. Uh he came into the area and he showed me uh like a disposition for a case, but it was kind of confusing because what he was looking for was something that connected this person, um, to a different case that I wasn't able to find a police report on. And, uh, you know, this guy started crying and things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, and distraught because of what happened to his son. Uh but I wanted to start out with this because I I like I just noticed like how everyone started behaving when black people come in to the area, black customers. Um the bailiffs will walk through there and try to make it look like, you know, they want to be overly courteous and everything. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this guy had something like this guy black male was, um, speaking about another person, I think who may be a black male who was a minor at the time had done something to his minor son at the time from like 2008. Uh, but I wasn't able to find very much. Um, and I think I might have spoken on it before, but I just said, "Hey, I can only just print out this docket line, and this is all I will have. You know, I don't really have much other than this." And uh, I also sat down with him patiently, and I looked uh in the time period when he had this police report back in like I think uh, September. So, I couldn't find nothing there either, but you know he he asked a question to um, all of us about if we had any children or something like that, you know which one would we care for the most, or something you know I didn't really answer the question uh but he um he went forward. With the only person who did have children was the black female, and she ended up saying she didn't know because she didn't want to favor any of her children. So I don't know if that might have been something that related to his situation or not. But I just wanted to report that first because um, you know he was he was very upset, understandably so. And I still maintained calmness, um, and you know he was grateful for my help and everything. But he still has some. Uh, issues he had to address with the situation he was enduring. Um, my next one is there were two other black males. Um, one who was trying to apply for a job and the way that they had this sheet done up was they had like his background uh, to where it was like he'd done so many things But it was really just, uh, different dates on one case, but they made it look like it was different cases. And I looked up on his background and everything was closed. He never really was charged, but I wanted to, I wanted to report that because they could make it look like, um, this person has been convicted, you know, of, of felonies and everything. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, so you know, I was uh, glad to help this person, and uh, a second one came in there at blackmail, uh, where he said, and this is all dispositions. Uh, everything was closed, thrown out, but he said a person. I, don't, I think it, I think it might be a cowbell because he said this person got him fired from a job. This female, um, and she said he said this person. He was living with uh scratched on her own skin to make it look like he did something to her um, and he he was just telling me this stuff, and I'm like, man, like my goodness, you know uh you know i didn't I tried not to really get into anybody's personal business, but uh yeah, he was saying all of these things, and uh he was saying that the job he was applying that too pointed out. Well, you have these, you have this, this, and this, and this here. So, yeah, he he also uh, came into the research area wanting more uh, copies of records about that. Um, we had a a white female, that same white female who's going to marry a black male. She made a comment to the black female victims about her wedding dress uh so she said she was uh getting her wedding dress ready and everything like that um and she threw in a comment about the reception uh and she says well i don't know if i'm going to invite my grandma my grandmother to the reception um, and then one of the black females was like, why is that? What's wrong with that? Why, you know, why don't you want to invite her? Oh, because, uh, I don't think she would like it very much. She tends to be very judgmental. So, you know, they got quiet and I didn't say nothing either. I wasn't even in the conversation, but she used that term judgmental and then everyone went silent. So she just kind of just walked off. Um, uh, I had two more these were having to also do with black customers on the other side where they do um, civil and DR child support juvenile and stuff Uh, there was a white woman right she was sitting up there uh, at the front counter and you know when I was coming through there at the Toward the end of the day, on the late route, carrier route, there was uh, the paramedics, about four or five white men, uh, and the uh, white sheriff, you know, is standing over the person. So it's a, a, um, a black female, like older age, you know, I don't know, maybe if her sugar dropped, I don't know, but she was like passed out. I didn't know what was going on. So people just standing by waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen. So I go around the back of one of the white women, the supervisor now, she, she, she comes out fanning herself saying, Oh my goodness. They look so, they're so good looking. They're so good looking. I'm old enough to be their mother. Right now. This, you know, we don't even know if this person gonna live or not. The the black person, right? She talked. She 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 too busy looking at the the uh the white paramedic guys. So this happened again with another black customer, but not in this way. But I just wanted to point that out again about um, how uh, I don't know what's the, the pattern in that of um black people seem to faint when they come into the the lobby in the courthouse for some reason. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I wanted to share those a couple of things and that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak.
8: Much obliged caller in Florida. Courthouse never disappoints. Uh, Let's see i don't know the black male who came in he said that the the behavior of the white people in the courthouse when a black patron comes in like the guards he said they'll try to oh good see sir mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it tries to be all nice of course i was thinking like mm, they probably are get close to the panic button just in case we have to move eyes on like coordinating to do their assault um The always, I know Dr. Campbell also talked about too anytime if you work at a place where you do have black patrons, like as opposed to trying to just do something really fake uh, as though you care about black people and I'm going to try and make sure I don't call anybody a coon the five minutes while you're here and all the rest, like really giving them authentically professional service and trying as best you can to help them out and be, you know, efficient with it and what have you Uh, this person coming in trying to get records and whatever the case is about the children and all that, he said, hey, trying to Help them as best I can, even though they're being emotional. Just do the best I can to help out a black person. Many people aren't even willing to do that. Um, the the hiring, uh, he says. So I guess it was a black male. They're looking at you know potentially hiring this person and say they put the record up like, oh my gosh, this person has raped about fifty people and robbed another 20 people and it's got convicted of selling crack 10 times like well wait a minute I think I actually think this is just one report that somehow you got it on the screen like 10 times like it looks like yeah this is all just the same incident and it looks like he wasn't even convicted like they do that sort of thing all the time it works both ways so a black person they'll add a whole lot of things or do some all kind of funny uh formatting so they'll have one report, as he said, look like now it's you know, fifty uh incidents of misconduct. And then for a white person somehow that one report, or if they do have fifteen separate incidents of misconduct, that fifteen will become zero. Any excuse, boot the Negros out. Nepotism. Bring the white people in even when they're not qualified. Uh, and then now even the one black person, he said one of them, it had, he had something on his record, wasn't even convicted. They tried to blow that up. Different black person, he's coming in looking to try to get hired. He says, I need to go back and get this record with, you know, previous arrangement. And this female, you know, trying to accuse me of something. And he's saying that she looks like she might have scratched herself. We don't know if this is a racist uh, who did this sort of thing. Trying to falsely accuse a black person. If anything, have that in mind. Uh, when you're going out area 8 any sort of so called dating definitely another reason no tragic arrangements but with anybody like I'm going to be real careful because I do not want this coming up and something I have to explain when I'm trying to move up the ladder and get a promotion or what have you and I got to talk about this incident from 5 or 10 years ago and that happens all the time especially with raping black males uh, let's see The wedding talk now that's the sort of thing. I would not be uh, when I say hey, I'm not mum in the workplace, I'm not going around talking about my wedding reception and I wanna make sure that I'm the type of black person that white people already know. I'm not gonna really be able to come and talk to Gus about this. He is not gonna sit and listen to me talk about my reception and oh how good the cake was and what colors are we gonna wear or what flat like come on. Come on. Race so she's wearing a black person like oh they would do that sort of nonsense that's supposed to like give them some social cachet like oh I'm cool I'm down I'm marrying a nigger you know so I'm all the way down with the nigger like get out of here and the proof why isn't grandma coming to the ceremony isn't she happy she doesn't support swirling well you know she's uh and she gotta stop she's been all loose lipped and just chatting away oh yeah girl it's gonna be fun we having hush puppies at the reception and run 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 we're gonna have some bass music is grandma coming oh uh hmm. she's uh she didn't want to say racist we could have made this real quick she's racist man she's the whole and the judgment the judgment starts with you you know, better. just like the other folks, he said, the other white women at the office said, we got another one. She's just like Angie. Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of these. They got I don't know if they got a cowbell or what they got to signify, you know, tragic reunion type thing. But like, yeah, you know better. We taught you. but you darn right? I'm judgmental. Got some nigger in the fan. You think I'm going to come to the wedding ceremony? I'm supposed to throw rice at you. All? I'm supposed to be happy about this. Y'all can play some Uncle Luke at the ceremony. I'm supposed to just jump in. Cut some rug with these coons. At the, yeah, I'm going to be judgmental. This probably is their grandmother. She's probably like in her 60s, 70s. Just say the truth, man. She's racist. She doesn't approve of me. You know, this coon might call everybody at the reception a coon. That's the whole affair. She can't come to discuss. She might not even talk to me for a month. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, fainting uh, at the courthouse doesn't get any better than Tacky now I mean hey they don't know what the person could be dead how do they know serious medical they don't have the person having a seizure is this Rona related like all the things that we've been having going around we don't care about none of that like whoo child did you see the paramedics oh my lord beautiful strap is she gonna live who cares talk about all that got some handsome, woo. and then he said, they're young enough to be my children, now wait a minute, now if this was Bill Cosby out here making some sort of lecherous commentary about someone that's young enough they're my children, they're like, whoa, whoa whoa, like, we are going to human resources right now white women, they can sit out here, and, and again, like where's the concern? Might have somebody out here in the hallway dying. Yeah. Got more niggers where they came from. Black Lives Matter. That's what they say, right? Black Lives Matter. Right, 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 right. Uh much obliged, caller in Florida. Does not get any better than Tacky no discussing weddings even if it's your definitely if it's your wedding no discussing weddings in the workplace they will waste a good 30 minutes or an hour with them and that's one that's not just one day because they got to come back and show you the pictures and oh we went to look at the dresses and oh and and, and, and that just goes on forever I am not here to talk about your nuptials Uh, let's see believe we nabbed everybody. Yes, you nabbed everyone. We'll take that as an affirmative. Uh, we should be here uh, tomorrow for a neutralizing workplace race, or excuse me, compensatory call-in. Get it correct. Uh, compensatory call-in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll catch up on what has gone down this week in Black History Month. Uh, oh, man. Wow, these folks are waiting until late to dial in. The craziness. Uh let's see. Bam, our female caller. Did we miss you? Did you have other commentary?
1: Hey Gus. no, guys, I'm just calling back um really quick. Um I, I do want to apologize, you know, about the the hush puppy thing. I'm I'm from Louisiana and I know that there are a lot of things like people don't, you know, from other states that aren't aware of, so I didn't mean anything, you know, by it. So that that's all I just wanted to call, you know, back and just kinda like Apologize
8: about it. You no know about some hush puppies. Yes, ma'am. No apologies. Uh needed. Time to tinker around with my recipe. Uh let's see. Uh just not to encourage folks dialing in at the last minute. Uh Collin, Ohio, you have ninety seconds.
11: Just a quick question for that caller who was speaking about um, her being tracked and having to clock in. I just asked her has she read the uh, employee handbook about how they're able to conduct themselves at that company. I I don't hear very many people speak about uh, actually having read that. And I know a lot of people generally don't because they just needed a job. So it was just a suggestion I had. That's why uh, I waited to the end. But uh, best of luck
8: policy and procedure very important most unless my memory is bad most of the things that she talked about uh like them watching her when she's talking to someone else and uh, i guess that making her clock in like they could probably get away with most of that sort of thing in the workplace like you can just expect to be under surveillance you know that's what it means like that uh just you're an assumed rapist, so we got to keep an eye on you. Or a thief. Or a crack addict. Or maybe all three. Um, but yes, policy and procedure, double check always might be something that you can use to help keep you safe in the workplace. Uh, much obliged, caller in Ohio, and all of the other folks. Uh, I guess if you do have a good hush puppy recipe, you can share that as well. Until justice at gmail. Dot com. Uh, with that, we will be here tomorrow. Compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Catch up on the past week on the plantation. Pretty eventful. Uh, let's see. Uh, sobriety would be best. Like man, uh, the folks trying to lure you in, lure you into. Uh, happy hour debauchery like keep it up like pass every time I'm good like I said even if you work with non-white people I'm good I do not go out drinking and all of that taking care of my brain computer in addition to being sober you're out and about no time for verbal confrontations with strangers lots of folks you heard uh, make sure I get the name correct Uh, Mr. Gibson De Monterio Gibson. That's what you should be thinking. Like these folks are probably. Rated plural. Even if you only see one person. They probably got an entire entourage. Their whole family. Waiting. Not just shoot at you. To chase you down. Unless. You planned. To kill. And or die. Right now. Exit. Call enforcement officials or whatever as you are vacating the scene. If you're in a vehicle, you're sober, buckled, not on the cell phone. We need all of our attention so we can be alert about our surroundings. And then we're trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers. Kim Potter badge or no. That's it. Race uh, creators. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice, immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. No gossiping. No name calling. At least for Black History Month. No name calling. Cow Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in.
17: Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, your
8: brother. Problem. You're a victim. Yeah. I'm a victim of 400
17: years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. (laughs)